Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Big Apple Hockey. Uh, sorry about the delay. We had a couple of technical difficulties, but here now, that's all that matters. I am, of course, oh, wow, I did it again. All right. I am, of course, your host, Mark Williams, and joined by two of the finest co-hosts that you could get, and I'll start with the final buzzer host, Mr. John Falkowski. Oh, we need Rangers hockey back. Uh, yes, okay. it's and it's going to be a while until we see it. But a man who gets to watch his team, Mr. Anthony Larocco. Hey, glad you guys are back from Vegas. Hope you enjoyed your time. I know we're going to start there, so I figured that was a good lead-in. But I'm glad you guys got to go out there. Yeah, uh, eventually is the word for me. Uh, and then <laughs> it's like, hey, have a cup of coffee. Thanks to all the weather delays and possibly other things I'm not going to get into as a conspiracy theorist. It took 16 hours to get, actually, no, it was longer than that. Probably took like close to 20 hours to get from Nashville to Las Vegas. Fun time. But we are going to start with that. It's All-Star Weekend. And Anthony, um, obviously, you know, we're there. We're going to have a video coming out on it, hopefully by this weekend. And, uh, but what were your thoughts about All-Star Weekend? Uh, I thought, I thought it was well done. I thought, um, there was the fresh take with the skills competition, how they had those new, uh, you know, those new skills, uh, two events outside in Vegas. Uh, you know, I think that that's good for the game. It's good for the exposure. I like the creativeness of it. Um, also game, I mean, for me, the game itself is always really the same. Um, but I thought being that the All-Star Game weekend was in Vegas, uh, I thought they did a really good job with it. Um, I enjoyed the skills competition with seeing the personalities of Zegers and Hughes and seeing some of those personalities shine through a little bit more. Uh, so that part was cool. But um, overall, you know, I, I, I thought it was okay. Uh, but mainly, like I said, I'm glad that you guys got to go out there and kind of see it up close and personal. Okay. And uh, Philk? I had a great time. Um, I didn't have any delays, obviously, like you did getting out of uh, New York and or like you did have at a national and everything. But I know Mark is shaking his head right now because he just – that was ridiculous. But, yeah, um, I missed <laughs> a little bit of the uh, the early events live for the skills competition just because there was a mishap with uh, a ticket. But uh, it, it was awesome. thought it was a, as it was a cool uh, – spin on things uh i you know when i handed out some cards got to meet some people talk to some people and then you came along and then you know saturday was a pretty it was a very very long day uh yeah so jet lag everyone is real it, it's real i can attest to it not fun but um you know you troop on you meet people you talk hockey and you have a good time and the hotel was great everything was awesome so i had, I had a blast yeah, it is a it is a weekend where the entire hockey community just kind of gets together and uh, everybody can just talk, uh, usually about how much they hate uh, a shared team. And uh, I was gonna just outright say uh, the Flyers or the Maple Leafs or somebody, but the truth is, even they could get together and be like, we make people going, "Hey, you Ranger fans are the worst." Like, yeah, all right, yeah, we are, but. Uh, uh, but no, it's a, it was a great time and it's, it's fantastic, uh, to experience. Hopefully we'll all be experiencing it to, together next year in Florida. So that's what matters. Um, we're going to move on to actual games that are starting tonight with the sixth place Islanders who had a disappointing game against the Seattle Kraken last week. 
Uh, but they move out to the, the West Coast. And this is a huge West Coast swing as they go through Vancouver, Edmonton, and Calgary. Anthony, is this finally the make-or-break trip for the Islanders season? I mean, I think that loss to Seattle where um, it was pretty uninspiring. They showed no effort, really was, before the All-Star break. But, um, I mean, yeah, like at this point, it, it would take, you know, a miraculous run to get in. Um, you know, I already – I'm already reserved to the fact that they're going to miss. So, it, you know, it is what it is. But, um, I mean, yeah, I guess for the for the small, slim chance that there still is, then, yeah, I mean, they, they absolutely have to, uh, you know, kind of – almost like a clean sweep this road trip um but like i said for me the whole my aspiration of the playoffs is pretty much gone so from here on in i'm just kind of watching the games just to see development of some of the younger players um you know and then just maybe some good play from their from the quote-unquote star players to try to build some momentum um towards the next season but i'm not i mean i'm not really expecting much to be honest with you wow uh, but there are, there is some good news that's coming hopefully soon. We'll be talking about Brad Marchand in the, in the bar talk segment, but, uh, and I mean, I don't want to say good news when I relate to a player also having an injury, but if Patrice Bergeron misses some time, there might be a chance. It'll still take it a hell of a run, but uh, Boston's still uh, starting to have some questions and the Islanders is the one team I think they could catch. Um, Phil, your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, if anything, the Islanders have a chance to really kind of just get on the right track. I, I mean, the goal differential, as you're showing right there, negative 12 is, is not good. Yeah, I'm with Anthony on that. You you can't you can't not show up against uh, Seattle and, and lose to them that way. That's that's not good at all. Um, I know the Islanders had the Canucks tonight, um, so that that isn't going to be an exactly an easy game either. But they've got to come out and win that. Um, Boston and Washington losing last night. Washington lost right at the end, very, very end of regulation. Wow. Tying the game, which was interesting. I was watching both of those games, the, the Penguins game too, which uh, actually helped out the Islanders big time because, yeah, Marchand's probably going to get a suspension, and Bergeron looks like he's going to be out. Uh, I, I would say it was a little bit of a questionable play by Crosby. Some people have said that might not be intentional, but – I don't know. I think Sidney Crosby's a little bit of a better skater than that, if you ask me. Just going to throw that out there. So, um, yeah, the Islanders, they have a chance to start doing something big here. And you know what? Maybe they don't make the playoffs. But like I said last week, the best thing that this team can do is just end this season on a high note going into the uh, the next game or the next season, I should say, because that's really what you're looking for right now out of this team. You're looking to see who has fight. You're looking to see who wants to stay. You're looking to see who uh, who really wants to kind of, you know, make a difference here. So that could uh, impact possibly some front office decisions, you know, after the season ends. So we'll see and, and of course, and of course, before I turn it back to Anthony, you, you're, you're playing as an organization to keep things going and moving on to next year. And, you know, sometimes you figure out some things at the end of the year, guys that should stay. Anthony? Oh, yeah. I mean, in that in that regard, uh, you know, as I said a bunch of times, um, in my opinion, there's really only two candidates, like at least forward-wise, um, that 
could move for the Islanders to change the makeup of their team because there are a lot of guys that aren't going anywhere simply because they shouldn't be moved, and then some because of con you know contractual status. But um, those guys are Bailey and Beauvillier. Um, and I don't see them moving any other forward uh, as because what I just mentioned. So uh, unless Lou really wanted to really really shake things up, which you know I don't see happening, I think that's that's the case. So. Um, not sure what they could possibly see from the roster for you know the rest of the season to to make those decisions based on going into the off season. But um, uh, I mean, it's just caught this just just caught my eye quick. Bazarnik. Uh, um, a lot of Islander fans on Twitter are upset about this because um, you know, listen, he's what he is. Not like he's a he's an impactful player, but when he did play, he had a lot of jump. Um, and he's a guy that could add for center depth if you get in a pinch. And they just waived him essentially because I don't even know for no reason. Uh, so that's a little disappointing, but yeah. And uh, I know a lot of other guys that were saying they should be playing Zarnik more, and now he's in Seattle. So that's just, that's just awful. All right. So, what do you guys think? Make a break uh, road trip for the Islanders. This is finally. Their last stand. Put it all down in the comments below. Of course, always don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Um, we're gonna move on to the Rangers. Like we have a big show. We're already on a third topic already in uh, ten minutes in. But uh, so by the way, next week when the Rangers resume their games, don't forget to always check out the final buzzer with John Falkowski up in that top left box or right box, depending on how you're looking. And for me, it's mirrored. And don't forget to check out his good, bad, and ugly game reviews. But this this week, there was a lot of debate about the progression of Kapokako and Alexei Lafreniere, and of course, Vitaly Kratzoff on Rangers Twitter, uh, that their failures of really getting a big-time superstar for the last, oh, 30 years um, was a debate on there. Philk, uh, obviously the Rangers were able to develop Brandon Dubinsky, Ryan Callahan, Derek Stepan, Carl Haglin, uh, some good players. I mean, I'll still I'll refer to Zook as developing with the Rangers because he came over and he was sort of like a prospect. But we've talked about this with the with the uh, the prospect show. Is it really? A, a, something that's worrying you right now with these three players, especially sort of, sort of not. Um, Capo Caco has been here for three seasons, but again, he's still very young. What is he? 20, 21 years old at this point. He's Alexi, yeah. He's 21. Alexi Lafreniere is 20. Vitaly Kravtsov is 21, 22 years old. Now uh, it, it the problem that I have with all this is the fact that this organization has just not handled them correctly. I've said this before. We've we've gone over the the Kraftsoft debate as ad nauseum, so I don't um, I, I I don't want to get into that again. But it was brought back up because someone listed uh, a picture of three of the the top uh, player development uh, player developmental positions. Anthony, wait till you hear this if you have it. Uh, I don't. I don't have it, uh, unfortunately. But oh, I'll, you tell you the, I'll tell you the three names that were listed. They were Jed Ortmeyer, Matt Hunwick, and Tanner Glass. And honestly, you look back at it and you're saying to yourself, 
these guys were not great NHL players at all. They were uh, Tanner Glass was a fringe NHL player who really didn't belong in the lineup on most nights, other than for toughness. Matt Hunwick was a sixth defenseman, and Jed Ortmeyer was a fourth line shot blocker, grinder, banger type, and that was decent on the penalty kill. Um, the the thing is, is that a lot of people are seeing this, and then they're saying, you know what, you know, they, they don't have any guys with any skill that were great NHL players to really kind of develop the skill forward aspect of it. And that's why they haven't drafted a, a, a 60 point forward since Tony Amante scored, you know, 60 and 70 points in 92 and 93 or with the Rangers. So um, a part of it is, is just that Rangers Twitter is going stir crazy. Just like I was saying before, we need hockey back. Another part of it is, is that this is actually a discussion that's been going on for almost three years now. It went back to the Vitaly Kravtsov incident three years back. Capo Caco. Um, Philip Hedo came out and said things about David Quinn. Julian Gauthier said things about David Quinn. Uh, Leah Anderson, another, another uh, player that was a top 10 pick, although we all agree that he was a complete reach where he was taken. But you, you, can't, you can't sit there and overlook this and then look at it and say, oh, well, you know what? The organization is not to blame, which was, been, which was the argument previously. And then when you see who's in charge of developing these players, you're like, gee, now it makes a shit ton of sense. So it's – they got to have a new player developmental standard come in. You know what? And I liked Jed Ortmeier as a Ranger, but I, I think – maybe just maybe that there needs to be a change there. And that's why this whole thing came up again. And you know what? A lot of people are frustrated by the fact that Alexi Lafreniere is not like Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid or someone like that. And Capo Caco is the same John thing. Varis. You know, exactly. Like they, they at least wanted them to be like John Tavares in his first couple of seasons, like a 50, 60 point guy, and yeah, you know what? If, if they were even 40, 50 point players right now, you would be saying to yourself, you know what? And we can we just need to have a little more patience. But the usage is concerning, the development is concerning, the skating and the strength and the conditioning are most definitely concerning for all three of these players. So, and obviously, again, not gonna get into the craft stuff situation, but the fact whatever happened with him and Drury, it just Cannot happen. Unacceptable on all fronts. So that's why we're having this again. Well, I'm going to go over to a guy who's seen development of his players, Mr. Anthony LaRocco. What's your thoughts on this? Oh, you're muted. Yeah, muted. This is more magnified um, with a lot of Ranger fans because they see guys who were drafted like lower, like guys like Lucas Raymond and Trevor Zegris and guys like that who've who've kind of, you know, burst onto the scene and shown they could be prolific scorers, and they see their top picks, Lafreniere and Kako, struggling. So um, it becomes a little annoying to them, and you, and you get frustrated, and rightfully so. Um, you know, but every situation is different. Um, every, every organization has different, um, you know, development curves and, and programs, how they bring their players along. Um but, yeah, in a perfect world, you want to see more out of Lafreniere and Kako. I mean, Lafreniere, I think there's a longer, there's still longer leash on. I mean, he, he's, you know, um, showing a little more a little more signs lately, so that's good. 
Um, Kako, I mean, with him, you know, I really, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I always said that, you know, this year could have been like a make or break year to see, you know, what the Rangers have in him. I mean, I, I still think that he'll be on the team next season, uh, barring a, you know, a blockbuster at the deadline or in the off season. But um, I will say with him, uh, time is kind of running thin on whether or not he's really going to be an impactful player offensively for the Rangers. And that's something they'll have to re- grapple with. Uh, internally, is he worth keeping around long term at X dollar amount if he's only going to give us, you know, X amount of production? Um, so that's something they're going to have to internally decide, like I said. But, um, yeah, it's it's it sucks that they had these, you know, top two picks and none of them are, are absolutely tearing it up yet and lighting up the scoreboard. But like I said, everybody's different um, and there is still time. Um, but I get the frustration and you do have to wonder. Philk mentions, you know, bring up last Anderson. Um, you know, crafts off, although his one really just play on the ice. That was just other circumstances. But how they've handled top picks over the last couple of years is, is concerning. You would think that you'd want to see that trend uh, be bucked at some point. But um, at this point, all you can do is be patient. And then, like I said, you know, if, if the push comes to shove and you have to make a decision on one of these players, you get a good offer, let's say, uh, for a player, established player, and then you decide whether or not, you know, it's prudent to do it. And you pray it's not Nolan Ryan for Jim Fergosi. So we'll yeah. go with that one. Um, but we had this topic of conversation before it was even broached by, I'll, I'll say the, the usernames, uh, Gravity and Lego Rocks, who have both made videos about this in the last week. And the answer for that was, with me was, how are these guys supposed to pad their stats when they're not even getting power play one time? And they don't get top line minutes except Kako and occasionally Lafreniere. They're usually getting put towards the back. Coach Gallant is here to win games. So let's get that straight. And you can make a slight comparison. Uh, it's it's not a good one, by the way, to to Tyler Sagan for, uh, for Alexei Lafreniere. I mean, Sagan did go on to have 34 points in his second full season. But, I'm oh, sorry, 67 points in his second full season. Uh, 22 in his first, but it's, it's, you're hoping that once a guy gets more ice time, he can flourish, but it's, you know, when that, that role isn't there, they got to take Ryan Strom, move him off of, of power play one. Who else are they moving off? They're moving off, uh, uh, Zibanejad? No, they're moving off Kreider. No, they're moving up an Aaron. No, they're not moving off Fox. So it's, it's, Everybody just needs to kind of take a breath, but I understand Rangers Twitter. We're a little bit stir crazy. We got nothing to talk about for next week, but also Steven has a point. They, they haven't developed anything in 20 years for a reason. Uh, the last rookie they had to score 30 goals was Peter Pruka. So it's, and then after that, his, he, his career as a Ranger wasn't that great. So it's, it's a lot of stuff that they just need to sit back. Number one most important thing, never mind about their development, winning is what matters the most. Focus on that. The team's in second place. So, and it looks like they're going to make the playoffs. And more on them and their playoff chances in a little bit. But what do you guys think about the Rangers and their development? Throw it all down in the comments below. Uh, And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. We're already on to our fourth topic in the first 20 minutes. This is a first for us, guys. I don't think we've ever gone this fast. No. Yeah. Wow. So, because we do have to get to, uh, we're going to get to something first. We're going to go to, uh, in honor of Valentine's Day coming up, Anthony, we've got 
some of the NHL's best duos or uh, couples, if you will. And I, 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 I can't wait to show you guys some of these. Here's some of the NHL's best couples. There's that. Because whenever you think about one of the duos, you got to go to that commercial where it's, it's Nick Backstrom and Alexander Ovechkin sitting on their couch. And that's them right there with a the big heart around it. And Backstrom, hilarious in that commercial. Ovechkin's wife plays off so well. I mean, it, it can't really say more. And then what else you got next? You got Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. They're always, they're a duo that's right there. Uh, I had the graphic for them right there. And they're uh, three Stanley Cups together. Uh, how many MVPs between these guys? Like two or three? Then you uh, have, really? let's go with some, let's go with a, a little bit of New York uh, themes where it's Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren or uh, a duo that's close to Anthony's heart, Adam Pellick and Ryan Pollock. So, but more importantly, there are other duos to mention and none other than a great couple that I thought Anthony LaRocco and John Tavares. <laughs> um, but wait a minute. Hold on. It's still a little bit more accurately like that. Um, <laughs> so it's, so we got that one, but Anthony, don't worry. I mean, cause after all, you can never hate without love. And that's the thing. There was so much love that was right there. And, and, oh. and, and of course, of course, that's oh, nothing compared to the amount of love that's right here. Uh, well, we have, we got Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. I mean, those guys, those guys, they're a great duo. Wait a second. Wait a second, guys. Something's happening. Some, uh, oh, there it is. All right. Oh. Yeah, sorry. There's a duo. There's a duo. Chris Kreider and the president of the Chris Kreider fan club. That would be me. But Anthony still... That is nothing on the greatest couple in New York sports. Sure, they spar a lot, but man, there was so much love. And that is our John Falkowski and Patrick Nemeth. It is, <laughs> it is just that that much. I mean, that would be that would be the look on Filk's face if him and Patrick Nemeth had 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 to spend all eternity together, or if he was or if he was uh, Patrick Nemeth's defense partner. So can yeah, that would be my look if I was Nemeth's <laughs> defense partner. So yeah, Eesh. oh boy, you'd be a, fire him into the sun. So so uh, how long until you uh, wear your Tavares jersey again, or did you donate that to charity already? Nah, it's in my closet. Oh, I thought it was going to be in the urinals. So I was happy no. about that. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I had to go. I had to go with some of those duos. I guess we'll figure out different presidents for next week. I don't know what the theme's going to be. But, uh, hey, guys, can you think of any good hockey duos? I mean, I wanted to put Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews on there, but the gag ones are always the better ones. Throw them down in the comments below. Um, we're going to do some power rankings, guys, and the man that's doing them is right down in the lower box. We are going to talk about the best teams in the NHL right now. Usually we do the Metro division, by the way, but today that's why we're branching out. <laughs> and 
we have Mr. Anthony Rocco's power rankings, his best five teams. For the most part, guys, we agree on some on, on most of these, just different placements. But uh, Anthony, go ahead. Start with number five. Uh, five, um, you know, I have to, as much as I, I, you know, learned to hate them over the last two years, but, uh, I have Tampa Bay lightning uh, at five. Um, I think they're third or fourth in the league overall points wise. Um, they're a team that does have a realistic chance to win three in a row. I don't, I don't think they're going to do it. Um, I don't think they're as deep as prior years. And I think there are some better teams obviously. Um, but you, you got to put them there. They're up there. They belong to be there. The numbers, the numbers don't lie. Um, Vasilevsky, even though he doesn't have, he's not like you know one or two in goals against or save percentage. Uh, for money goaltending when it counts. Um, I mean, he's the best for my money. Um, so he's he's there back the backbone of their team. Then Hedman Stamkos is having, in my opinion, a resurgent year. Um, you know, it goes on and on. Braden Point, Sorelli. Uh, so they're deep and they know how to win come playoff time. All right, moving on to number four. Number four, uh, I have the Carolina, the, yes, the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, you know, storm surge, still going strong there. Uh, they got a, kind of like Florida, they got a prolific offense. They can really score, um, and they get contributions from the back end by D'Angelo. Um, Slavin is obviously one of the best shutdown defensemen in the league. Freddie Anderson, I was kind of on going into the season. Um, always thought he was a little bit overrated, but you know, he he's once again putting in a solid season in Carolina. So they're solid in goal. Uh, one of the best coaches in the NHL for my money and Rod the Bod. Uh, he's great. He knows how to really push their buttons and make them go. Um, and then, Mark, one of your favorite players. I know you killed to have him on your team. Um, I feel like he's honestly a little bit underrated and just flies under the radar. But Sebastian Ajo, um, you know, he's 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 a terrific player. Uh, silky smooth. Um, he can score, pass, um, and he's no slouch defensively. Uh, he, he's just, he's a great player and he makes their team go. Um, and you can go on and on. Svechnikov is great. He's young. Trocek proved to be a great acquisition for them. Um, so they, they, they really have it all. It's really hard to find a flaw in their lineup. Number three. Number three. Well, the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, about another week or two, they're going to get Jack Eichel back in the lineup. Um, I know there's a lot of talk. They're going to have to make a corresponding roster move to make that happen. Um, likely going to be Evgeny Donadov, which we'll talk about that later. Uh, outside shot, maybe they move Alec Martinez, but I really don't think they want to do that. Um, but they're set up to go another deep run in the playoffs. Uh, Eichel's really going to strengthen them down the middle. Um, March or so is having a great year. Uh, William Carlson hasn't been as good as he has been the last couple of years, he's, but he's still a uh, good center depth for them. Um, good to sound defensive player could still score despite the dip in numbers. Um, and then, you know, Peter Angelo leads them on defense. I mentioned Martinez. He's another great defenseman from Shea Theodore. So they're really deep guys defensively. They got a lot of guys, even Zach white clouds, a solid defender for them. Um, so, you know, they, and the only thing I could see maybe with them is some of their, their bottom depth, I think they can maybe improve their bottom six a little bit. But um, overall, I think Leonard's solid enough in goal. Um, they have enough scoring. Um, and I, as they showed last year, uh, they can shut down Colorado if they happen to meet again. So um, I, I have Colorado as my Stanley Cup pick. I had them beating the Islanders. We've said that for a long time now. But um, I think Vegas could certainly upend Colorado. 
All right, going to number two. Number two, the Florida Panthers. Um, you know what, guys? I think we all kind of saw this coming based on how they played last year. Um, no really bump in the road when Quenville was ousted. They kept going. Um, my money, they're probably the, the most dangerous offensive team in the league, aside from Colorado. Uh, Jonathan Huberto, um, my pick for the MVP. Barkoff, what could you say about him? Uh, and then it goes on. Sam Bennett just totally turned his career around once he went to Florida. Anthony Duclair, um, him too. You know, he's been really good for Florida since they got him. Uh, Carter Verhage, I mean, for, it's, it's easy to remember, uh, sorry, easy to forget that Verhage was actually once a throw-in in the Grabner trade when the Islanders traded Grabner to Toronto, uh, and Verhage just kind of toiled away, didn't really do anything. Um, lo and behold, he became a player for Florida. Um, so, listen, guys, they're, they're a dangerous team. It's just a matter of can their style hold up in the playoffs, something we have discussed before. Um, I think it can uh, because I think they can – you know, when the when it really matters, they can play on the defensive side of the puck. Uh, my question, my only question for them is sometimes Bobrovsky could be a little temperamental. Sometimes you just never know with him. Um, but he's been good enough for them this year, and they've spent their night backing him up. So I really don't think it'll be too much of an issue. But uh, they're coming in number two in my pick for the best team in the Eastern Conference. And obviously, you're number one. Well, number one, the Colorado Avalanche. Um, you know, I, they're an absolute wagon. Um, I mean, they got McKinnon for my money, maybe the fourth best player, fifth best player in the world. Um, Rantanen, Landeskog, great leadership. Um, depth in Borakovsky, he could score. Um, Mikhail McCarr, Devon Taves, Sam Gerrard, they have a defense that's mobile, skate, move the puck. Um, Beerum comes back. That's just another guy to the mix. Uh, again, Question, maybe in goal, Darcy Kemper, Paolo Francos. Um, I mean, it's worked for them so far. Obviously, you know, the playoffs are different. We'll see how it holds up. Uh, but I think they're just such a good, fast-skating team. Uh, honestly, the, them versus Florida would be a wild matchup. I, I would I would really, really intrigued to see that in the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, that would ESPN be, would love to see that. Yeah, too. that would be some great must-see TV. Uh, but... I just think Colorado's too talented, um, you know, and I think they're going to use that pain from when they lost to Vegas last year as motivation to not let it happen again. Um, and there's the trade deadline. You know, there's the there's the talk about they're a possible favorite for Claude Giroux if the Philadelphia Flyers decide to move him. Um, getting Giroux, I mean, come on, combined with Kadri and what they already have there at center ice, Um it would just be a really, really good get for them. And I think that could be the piece that puts them over the top. All right. Well, those were the NHL power rankings, according to Anthony. Here's going to be the rest of the staff's uh, power rankings. We're going to discuss them right now. And I think we got a couple surprises in there for you. For instance, uh, let me get rid of that other banner. Our John Falkowski has the New York Rangers in the top five. And I have... The Minnesota Wild as yeah. number four, uh, only because they've been playing. They've been so red hot lately. Uh, John, we're going to start with yours, and then we're going to discuss um, my surprise on there. Yeah, I, I put the Rangers in there just because the, the team is just playing so well right now, and they're about to get Adam Fox back from injury. And the way that they played without Adam Fox, yeah, it was only a couple of games. But Braden Schneider's come up, and he's been an absolute force on both the top pairings and the third pairings. 
Now, if Patrick Lemeth stays out of the lineup, that can only be good for the Rangers. Um, you're, you're getting Mika Zibanejad going. And I, I don't know if um, – actually, no, I, I, I didn't share this. I'm going to share this now because I, I think this is pretty important to look at in terms of uh, Mika Zibanejad. But uh, Mika Zibanejad in his last – I'm just trying to get to the tweet here. Sorry. But um, – all right, so Mika Zibanejad, the turning point of his season was the probably the goal against Buffalo on December 10th. He banked it in off of, I think it was Uka Pekka Lukanen or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah he, he banked in that goal, and he hadn't scored in 14 prior games prior to that. So um, since then, he's had 14 goals and 29 points in 22 games played. Um, and since in the, in nine, in the last 19 games, since that last loss to Colorado, he's been held pointless only three times. He had an eight game point streak in which he had four goals and 12 points. And he's been held pointless only once in his last 13 games, the shootout went against LA. Mm -hmm. So, um, Mika Zibanejad's back. Artemi Panarin is actually starting to play a lot better hockey recently, starting to shoot the puck a lot more. I mean, a lot of things are just turning around for the Rangers and they're going to make at deadline acquisitions. Um, I put Vegas at four because they're going to get Eichel back. And this is just a, a, an absolute team that I think could probably even end up being the best team in the league once Eichel really gets his feet wet there. They have so much depth. And yeah, they're probably going to move to Donoff. Uh, we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Yes, we will. Uh, but I, I I still think that there's just so much depth with that team and getting Eichel just gives them a one, two, three punch, or even if they want to move one of uh, Stevenson or uh, Carlson to the wing somewhere, that's just incredible depth. Obviously Colorado, Anthony said they're, they're a wagon, but I, again, their defense kind of is wishy-washy to me. I think mm -hmm. their defense is, is good, but they, again, too many puck movers and I worry about them in the playoffs and I, I don't like their goaltending. I'm not really a big fan of Kemper or Franco. Um, and then Carolina, to me, is probably the most complete team in the league. But Florida is one piece away from being an absolute juggernaut, and that's a top-four defenseman. That's all they need. They are that close to being the hands-down best team in the league. I had the Lightning just outside of my top five. So. Truth be told, out of all these selections that we got, Anthony's is the only one that I think has the goaltending I can look at right now and say they can win the Stanley Cup because all the rest of these teams, I'm not in love with their goaltenders. Even even my number four, the, the Minnesota Wild, who have been outstanding as, as they've been. It's just, by the way, we're going to get to that more in a minute, Jack. But um, I, mean, I, I threw the avalanche at four. I think the world of, of the Carolina Hurricanes, Colorado Avalanche, I just think Darcy Kemper and – and Francois are going to – I just don't like it. I, I don't like their tandem. Kemper has not been the Arizona Kemper who could be dominant. And actually, the one thing that's good is his health is old enough for them. Um, Vegas, I only had a five right now. They're coming on. They're they're not there yet. And Minnesota's the lowest team that I got on there because – Here's something forward. interesting. Could you imagine if Florida was the team to get Jacob Chickering? Uh, yes. said about it? Yes. I could forget about it then. Cause the thing that's scary about Florida is Florida's got the most third period comebacks in the league. The most, and it's by far the most, it's like 10 and they've come back from multiple goal deficits in the third period. And I think that's somewhere around 
like four or five or six. I'd have to look it up. I never looked at it, but they, they're not out of the game. So I don't know if you, if let's say you got a defensive team like the Islanders were last year. I don't know if you got to get a team that's going to lock them down in the third period. They're that good. So they might not even need their goaltending, but you're going to need a goaltending sooner or later. After all, I, four against Tampa, Anthony. The thing, the thing is that with, with Chikrin in relation to Florida, I would imagine they would have to give up Lundell or a piece like that to get him. Um, yeah. And the guy's got 32 points. Um, He's been a hell of a rookie. Yeah. I don't, it's not like no power play time. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I mean, short term. I mean, yeah, maybe that Chikrin on defense helps him get over the top, but I don't know if I would move him for Jacob Chikrin. And I don't see without him. I mean, what else Florida will, will Dennis Sanko first round pick um, some of their other prospects they can move um, there. I mean, you could yeah. move a Sam Bennett, but I, I mean, and that would probably yeah. reduce. I mean, want to, they want to compete. Could, no. you, you could, but I, <laughs> I, I don't know if they will or not. Um, ah. Uh. Darn, I had that thought. Did you guys, by the way, have we, we were we agreed on four of the teams? We agreed on Vegas, Carolina, <laughs> Colorado, and Florida. Did you guys have a lot of trouble trying to figure out that fifth team? Because I think well, five through ten is wide open. I I thought about putting the Rangers at five, but I gave Tampa the nod just because um, when I really thought about it, um, I think that. Those are the five teams that I think could realistically win the Stanley Cup. Sure, could could the Rangers, the Penguins, the Capitals win the Cup? Absolutely. Yeah, but I don't think we're supposed to be doing power rankings for future. I think no, we're just I, doing it right now. You know. Yeah, but. I I, know, I understand that, but I I thought you know halfway point of the season, I just thought those are the five best teams that I think are just the five best teams, and I decided to go with that. But I, I thought long and hard about putting the Rangers over Tampa Bay. Um, I even thought about putting. Pittsburgh because they've been playing well. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, that to answer your question, Mark, those are yeah. the, teams, the Penguins and the Rangers. The Wild, honestly, I was surprised you had the Wild in there. I'm glad you did because they should get credit. Um, they're they're a good hockey team. I just don't know if they stack up against Colorado, Vegas. I, I think they push Colorado. I don't think they beat Colorado. That's the way to say it. It would be sort of like last year. Oh, sorry, it'd be like last year with them in Vegas. Um. First off, I just I would like to give credit to to Filk because as soon as he put the Rangers in the top five, I I didn't have to, so I didn't have to be a homer. So it's it worked for me. I just um, think you know what when you when you beat when you beat teams like and and it's funny because five, uh, three of the top six teams in the entire NHL in points right now are all in one division, and that's the Atlantic. And you want to know what the Rangers' record is against those three teams? Six and two. Wow. Wow. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, yeah, they maybe... beat Tampa twice. They beat Florida twice and lost to them. And then they beat, beat Toronto twice. One. Sorry, twice. Sorry. Twice yeah. and lost to them. So. So, wow. That's that's a pretty good. Any, uh, any thought about the Toronto Maple Leafs into the, the top five at all? Um. I mean, maybe a little bit, but uh, I don't know. I just – I don't like them. <laughs> I, don't, nah, I knew that was going to be the case. Um, uh, 
They no, would have no, had no, to be no. undeniably good for Anthony to put them in his top five. Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, pretty, pretty much. Um, but as, but when I say when I say I don't like them, it's I know you guys laugh, but it's not it's not really even it's not really even Tavares. It's just I just time and time again you hear about them in the regular season. They you know they kind of cruise through the regular season and then come playoff team playoff time they lay an egg. And yeah, I think they're a little bit better defensively. Um, but honestly, boys, I think come playoff time they're going to have the same issue, and I think they're going to lose in the first round. I know it's an early prediction to say that, but I don't I don't see anything changing with the makeup of that team. Their forward group, I I still think they're soft, um, and I don't think they're built to win in the playoffs. He says it's not Tavares, but it goes all the way back to Michael Pecca and Darcy Tucker and <clears throat> Gary Roberts and Kenny Johnson. <laughs> well, so, but I think yeah. I think also there's a little bit of what Anthony is trying to say of you're, you're looking at them and going, oh, no, they're, having it, a re- it, they're having a really good season. Tampa and six. That would be what my answer would be. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I just have to give Anthony shit, but yeah, it, it's I, I, I'm with Anthony on it. I I, I definitely think they're probably another. <laughs> you know, <laughs> funny, funny um, sidebar about that. The uh, game, um, the game where the Islanders honored Clark Gilly. They they played Toronto. I was I was at that game, and my wife uh, Tony she she came with me, and like still like every time Tavares touched the puck. You know, fans booed and were yelling stuff. And you know, I looked at her and I just shook my head. I'm like, just, I'm like, I'm not a fan of the guy, but enough is enough. Like, hand to God, I don't boo him anymore. I don't at the game. I didn't boo him when he touched the puck. I don't, you know, I don't say, you know, screw you or you know what I really not going to say right now. But you know, what I'm saying I didn't yeah. say those things to him. Um, it is what it is. It's been it's been so long now that you know it just surpassed. Yeah, and this had success. And it doesn't matter to me anymore. It's just, but it's, it's, it's crazy to see how many people in that building, literally every single time you touch the puck, booze rain down, you know, uh, I get it, but you got to let go. Yeah. I, uh, (laughs) I, New Yorkers, we're, we're, we got long memories. That's what we do. I'm not going to forgive Tim Peel. I'm not going to forgive, uh, JG Pajot. For his four goal game, I'm not going to forgive Ryan Hallwig for boarding. I think it was Ryan Malone in the 2008 playoffs after the Rangers went down three uh, one in game three, crawled back to tie it, and of course had to take a stupid penalty. And then Malkin back of the net, Rangers lose. They're down three zero in the series. Thanks a lot. So, um, but is, is there any other team you guys could think about that we're not putting on this before we get away from this? Any any other team you can think about that we're not putting in here? Uh, Toronto I, would be a top ten. I don't I don't necessarily have them in my top five either. They're they're in a they're they're a top ten for me. Um, St. Louis Blues slid a little bit. Otherwise, they could be in the top ten. St. Louis could be an absolute nightmare in the playoffs first for a team. There might be a team that winning. Yeah. What about um? What about Nashville? They're eighth overall in the league right now. I don't like their scoring come playoff time. I I I love their defense, their court defense and, the, wow. and and their goaltending with Soros, but I I don't know if I trust Soros to steal them a series, and I don't know if their um their scoring is good enough 
to be able to outscore another team. I, I mean, do we do we really think that Ryan Johansson or Matt Duchesne or someone like that or Philip Forsberg is going to be be the difference maker and be the driving force for them in the playoffs? I I, I don't know. I, I pushed really Carolina don't. to the brink last year, so not necessarily the brink. I should say they they pushed them close enough. All right, guys. So where's your rankings? Throw them all down in the comments below. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to leave us a like, share, and subscribe. Also, by the way, feel free to. Check out some of the other stuff because I, I happen to like the video I did on the, the video games and hasn't been getting as much traction. And I'm kind of starting to freak out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, guys, we're going to do some bar talk. I'm going to take a shot on this one. You're going to see beer. I'm buying everybody around on this. Oh, my God. And I actually bought a lot of rounds uh, this weekend. But welcome back to Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk, where we are gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you just not that confident? You just want a shot or you may need a shot because you're that not confident. So, so you want a beer? Are you so confident? You're buying everybody around. So we're going to start with the New York Rangers this year will win a playoff series, Mr. John Volkowski. I'm going to go with a beer. Um, I mean, really, it depends on what they do with the deadline. They are, right now, they lack two top six forwards. They're not getting production on the right wing on their first line and on the second line. So right wing is really a problem. Um, I I like the defense a lot better with Patrick Nemeth out of the lineup. Braden Schneider has been a, a, a revelation for them. Adam Fox is coming back. He's going to be back for Tuesday's game against Boston, which is a plus, obviously, big plus. Um, Igor Shosturkin is the best goalie in the world right now, so, and I don't think that's going to change. But um, I, they have major issues at five-on-five five offensively. They need to start getting some more offense out of that. Um, I think they need another bottom six forward. So I'm going to say beer, but it, it really depends on the acquisitions. Anthony. Beer. Um they, they certainly can win a playoff round. Um, I think matchup goes will go, you know, play a large part in that, aside from the deadline acquisitions, as Philip referred to. Um, but there are some teams, I think, that have an easier time with than others. Like, for instance, um, I think they could beat Pittsburgh um, if they played in the first round. Um, if they played a team like Carolina, which I'm not sure will be possible due to the seedings, but if teams slip or whatnot, you never know. But I think a team like Carolina could give them a lot of trouble. Um, I think Washington is really experienced. I think they could maybe struggle with Washington, but um, yeah, I mean, they're a good team. They, they, they absolutely can. I'm just not going to say round because that implies that I think they definitely will. And I don't think you could say that. So um, I'll go beer. Uh, unfortunately, I got to go beer too. And I, I put this topic up because I wanted to say I want to buy a round, but I can't. I'm going to have to say beer because if you're telling me you're going to guarantee a victory over one of those metropolitan teams, you're insane. Uh, you don't bet against Sidney Crosby. I do like their chances against every one of those teams because I think the Rangers got the best goalie in the in in the division, and that's going to be a difference. But I don't think it's going to be enough of a difference to completely guarantee it. I love that stat that Phil just threw up. In case if they slide to fourth, which is possible, then they go up against Florida and they can then they can upset Florida since they're or Tampa or. Uh, Toronto. Who knows? Toronto's got games at hand. They can actually pass uh, the the Panthers. Anthony, 
the New York Islanders will make a trade at the deadline for the future. You know, um, I'll, I'll go beer, but I, I honestly certainly think that'll be possible. I know, you know, the Islanders are likely going to be out of it, but um, I think this actually could still be an interesting trade deadline for the Islanders. Um, I think Big Lou still might do Big Lou things. Um, you know, I, like I said before, I don't think he's happy with how this has gone. Um, I do believe for a fact that, you know, he knows that they have the pieces in that room that they could just turn around next year and, you know, get back to where they were, which is what, you know, their victory song they've used for the last two years with some tinkering. So with that in mind, um, I think I think if he if he comes across a piece that he thinks can help them next year um, and he can get that player now, I think he would do it. And I also think he might, you know, look to move some players he doesn't see in their long term plans like i.e. Varlamov, Bailey, uh, who knows? So, yeah, I, I could see Lou doing that for sure. So I'll go beer. Phil. I, you know what? I'm going to say shot. Um, I'm going to say shot just because I, I, I think if they try to make any type of trade, I think it's going to be something that's going to try to get them back into the race. I think Lou's going to try to make sure that they don't miss the playoffs. Um, I, I don't know. I just have a gut feeling that they're, they're going to do that as opposed to making a trade for the future. So I'm, I'm going to say shot here. I'm actually going to go beer and I'm going to go quick because just in case if they find somebody, if they, they can get a Jacob Chikrin under contract, maybe that's somebody that they move some pieces for, but I don't know if they got the pieces to do it, but there's, uh, I mean, who knows? Patrick Laine might be available at the trade deadline. If there's something you could do to improve this team for next year, you do it now. You don't wait for it. All right. Uh, so we're going to move on to – this might be one that we should just turn off the timer for, and I might. Brad Marchand deserves a lengthy suspension for his altercation with Tristan Jari. And let me reset the timer. Boom, boom. And, yeah, I'm buying everybody around on this one. He needs – a big suspension. He's got an in-person hearing that's coming. They, It's not an automatic five because they've given four out on some of those. But you can't be doing what he did last night. Can't run up and punch the goalie. You can't spear the goalie. And uh, you can't uh, – I, I don't know what possessed him to do. That's like, that's, like, that's like 2013 Brad Marchand and not 2014 – or sorry uh, – Jesus, I forgot what year it was. 2022, who has actually <laughs> wow. been, he's been uh, not taking as many penalties. This is a joke. This is ridiculous. You gotta lay, you gotta lay the hammer on him. Uh, Philk, go ahead. You gotta buy around on this. Enough is enough with this guy. And and he wouldn't let Sidney Crosby get to the bench last night, which they should have called a penalty for for either unsportsmanlike conduct or interference, which they didn't call on him. They let that go. They've let go so many of his slew foots and his cheap dirtbag plays over the years. When is enough enough? When does somebody really need to like crack their head open on the ice because of this guy for, for them to finally punish him for the garbage that he gets away with? I just don't get it. I, I really don't. It, it, I'm, I find myself saying a lot of the same things that I said about Tom Wilson when that incident happened last year, and I find myself saying them about Marchand. And the, the, the worst part about it is, is that he's such a little rat and a weasel that he runs away every time you try to fight him. At least Wilson fought Brendan Smith when Brendan Smith went after him. Marshawn ain't going to fight anybody. So nobody's going to be able to kick his ass and get retribution against him. He's a punk. He's a jerk. He's a joke. 
And I just, I, I can't, I can't even begin to describe how much of a suspension that this guy actually needs. Like this needs to be on 10 games at this point. Sorry, but it, it needs to, everything that he's gotten away with, they need to start compounding on him because it's a joke. Absolute joke. And by the way, that suspension could change the fate of the playoffs uh, race for the New York Islanders and the man that's about to answer Anthony Loraco. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess round, uh, I, I think he definitely should get at least four games or so. You can't just punch the goalie in the head like that. I mean, and then and then he came back, got a stick up high on him. Um, and even before that, I don't know if you saw, Jari was going to – he was about to flip a puck over the glass to a, a Penguins yeah, and Marshall came around that and knocked the puck off his stick. Um, didn't let him do it. He should be um, fine for that. The guy, the guy, he's just – Look, he's ridiculously talented. He's a very good player. I think anyone would love to have him on your team, and that's that's what makes this all all that much more frustrating about him is that he is such just a jerk. Um, he does things that I get it. He gets under the team's skin. I think that there's a place for that, but like I said, you can't just punch a goalie in the head. I mean, you you can't. Uh, I think the league needs to come down on him for it. Yeah, I mean, the, they need to kind of make an example out of him to make sure that this does not happen and you, you, you can't, you can't be doing this. How, how often do we have to say this about guys? And we know, we, we, we know after all, we, we, we were, we were hearing about how nice of a guy George Paris is. Hopefully he's, he's listening to us when he said, go, you gotta, you, you, you gotta tell him, no, you're sitting buddy sitting for a while. Cause that's, that's a joke. That's an absolute joke. It's, it's gotta, it's gotta be five plus. It's at least it's got to, it should be more than that. I think, I think that message should be double digits in all honesty. And I, and I, and I'm not saying that trying to, and I, I'm an, I'm an all time hockey type of guy, but no, it should be double digits. Get, get out of here. All right. If getting dead off will be the most likely golden night to be moved. Mr. Anthony LaRocco, start us off round. Um, it's the most logical player to move. He makes $5 million a year. Um, you don't want to move a contributing piece to your team like Riley Smith or Alec Martinez. Um, Dodonov's the way to go. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's not having the best year, $5 million that may some teams might balk at. But, you know, lo and behold, that's the gift of the Arizona Coyotes. Um, you know, they said they're, they're, still, they're still looking to take on salary and contracts in exchange to keep getting more draft capital. Um, so if I'm the Knights, I'm calling up, uh, I'm calling up Arizona and ask, will you help me out or give him a, you know, attach pick or two to him and be done with it. I think it's the most logical choice to make. You don't want to disrupt from your team's chemistry and remove a, a big piece of your team like Riley Smith, who could score those guys are come valuable come playoff time. So, um, I think this should be an easy call for Vegas. Phil. Yeah, this is definitely around. Um, the Golden Knights actually have to move $4.3 million of cap mm -hmm. in order to uh, be compliant once Eichel gets back. Like Anthony pointed out, the Donovs' uh, AAV is actually $5 million. Um, he's the least productive option. Um, they might look to move someone like Matias Yanmark if they can't move the Donov, but uh, I, I doubt that. I think they would rather hold on to Yanmark as he's a good bottom six forward. 
but Dodonov is on pace for less than 40 points, and I think he'll come cheap to a lot of teams because of his situation and the lack of production. So I think Dodonov is probably the guy that's going first. Uh, I'm going to say beer, and the reason why is that you said one word, the lack of production. Now, I wonder where he's going to go with that lack of production. Does he go back to Florida? And then they just got another guy that's going to score uh, goals for them. That's where he had his most success in his career. Uh, I, I think it's also a little bit of selfishness on my part because I have not only said the Rangers should go and try to get Matthias Yanmark right now, but also I think that's the most amount of value that a guy like that has. You need bottom six forwards when it comes to playoffs. Riley Smith is another name. But the, you guys are right. The the most likely one to move one way or another, they'll figure out a way to move the Don off before moving the other two. And wow, I, I really, I, I'm really hoping that's not going to be the case. Uh, guys, the Ottawa senators, we're going to play playoff spoiler the rest of the trades, uh, the rest of the season. Uh, Philk. I mean, Ottawa is a decent young team. They have a good amount of talent there, but you know what? They're going to go into every game just not caring about what they have to do. There, there's no real pressure on them. Tim Stutzla is actually on pace for more points uh, than, than last season, which is a good sign. I mean, you have guys like Josh Norris, Drake Batherson that are all having some pretty good years. Um, yeah, with Batherson, injury, Drake Batherson right now. Yeah. Batherson, 34 points in 31 games. I mean, Brady Kachuk has 32 points. Starting to see a lot of these guys, you know, start to grow. And uh, Thomas Shabbat's been really kind of a letdown for them this year after having a 50-point year a few years ago. But um, I could see maybe someone like Connor Brown, who has 22 points in 28 games, being moved. So I don't know if they're necessarily going to look to play spoiler once they move all those guys. So I'm going to say beer here. Okay. Anthony beer. Um, I mean, they're, they're, uh, I think a young team that's finally on the right track and, uh, you know, they do have a lot of attractive pieces, uh, that are, you know, producing for them and Kachuk, Stutzla, Batherson, Norris, um, Shabbat. Uh, so, but I mean, they're still a flawed team. So I don't, I mean, you're acting like you're just, just being posed like every time they play a playoff team, you know, they're going to pull out a big win and, you know, really kind of throw a monkey in the wrench of all these teams. And while possible, I mean, I still think they're going to lose their fair share of games. So um, I'll go beer. I'm actually going to buy everybody around on this. They, they have turned around a lot of their season right now. Now, part of that has to do with uh, that. There is no pressure on them right now. They're so far out of it, but I think they got something like 11 wins in their last uh, 22 games which after being losing 15 in their first 20, that that's a lot. This, they, they might be coming together, but it also might be like a David Quinn Rangers that just, oh, they come together, but it's way too late. Nice job, buddy. Um, moving on to, nope, wait, that one is from last week. Sorry. Guys, here's a good one for us. The Arizona Coyotes have a brighter future than the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> Anthony, right at you. Um, especially after the snicker, I'm going to go, I'm going to go shot. Uh, I know the, the, the Canadians are complete tire fire right now. Um, but you know, 
they just named a new coach who, I mean, doesn't really have much experience, but he was a great player. Zero um, experience. Yeah, he's a winner. Um, and we wish Marty Sanoli all the best. Yeah, yes, and they have got like Suzuki's a good young player. He'll be there for a while. Caulfield struggled this year, but I, I, feel, I still think the hopes for him are high. Um, you know, Romanov. What? Romanov. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, they're going to get it. They're going to might get first overall, second overall pick. So come away with a Shane Wright or Brad Lambert. Um, you know, so they, I mean, they got, they got some good pieces in place. Uh, so when you compare that to Arizona, who's going to be playing in a 5,000 seat arena and, you know, is looking to trade their, you know, their best player in Jacob Chikorin and really, really all have is Clayton Keller at that point. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it looks bleak there. I know they got – well, they do have the five second-round picks uh, this year and a couple of first. Three first-round picks, if I recall correctly. Yeah, so that, that will help. But I, I don't know. I, I still think Montreal has a has a better future, so I'm sticking with shot. Phil. I'm going to have to go beer here, but technically I don't know if there really is an answer because um, – like you said, they have three first round picks and five second round picks. Um, they have, I think, eight picks in this first in this draft, and then they have a bunch of picks in next year's draft too. Arizona, that is. So, I mean, right now in the more immediate future, Montreal's is brighter because their prospects are further along, and Arizona might be looking to move somebody like Jacob Chikrin, as as noted. But I, I think Arizona, especially if Arizona wins that lottery and ends up getting Shane Wright. I mean, they could end up having the brighter future. So I, I, I can only say beer here with absolute certainty. I'm going to say beer. Uh, I want, I wanted to go higher or lower, but it's beer. I, I like that Arizona's going to have a ton of prospects, but just ask the Rangers. You better hit on all those prospects if you got all those draft picks. And then they're still playing in a five thousand seat arena, like. And the, the city planners get it right in Arizona. You put it in Glendale and it, it was the wrong place. And Tempe, they're not doing it. Uh, they were talking about it with the Steve Dangle podcast yesterday on how they're going to have three NHL ready arenas in, in Arizona. Well, yeah, well, they're going to, because they're changing around uh, the Gila river uh, arena that I think I'm going to be seeing a game there in about six weeks. But uh you know, if the Coyotes do move, whoever is going to get them, they're a much more stable organization than they were about uh, 12 months ago. I'll say it like that. Um, we're going to move on to it's a good thing that the NHL stayed away from China. And I'm going to just buy everybody around right away. There's already COVID positive tests. There's already a mess with all the, uh, all the protocols. The Canadian women played a full game in, in, in KN95 mess. And and because they were waiting for the the, the results of the Russian team. It's, it's, it's already a disaster. There's already players testing positive. Hello, five weeks in China. Congratulations. Anthony, go to you. Um, you know, I'm going to go round, uh, but it doesn't change the fact that I, I, I really am still disappointed we got robbed of NHL players playing the Olympics. Would have been cool, but... Um, as for the situation itself, yeah, it's probably better off they stayed away. I mean, hearing things about other athletes, other countries complaining about like the, the quality of the food they're being fed and all this stuff. So 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's around, but I did really want to see, you know, the NHL players lace up the skates for it. Yeah, it's disappointing. Okay. Yeah, they're, the only answer really is round. I mean, look at what's going on there. And you, you just – a five-week quarantine period? Nope. No, thanks. It's going to be a yucks for me, dog. But, um, yeah, I, I am with Anthony. It is disappointing that we, we didn't get the Olympics, you know, and the NHL players in it. But I care more about my team than I care about Olympic gold. And last one that I added in at the last moment today, guys. But there will be four – 50 goal scorers this season. And I'll get to you on the last time there was four 50 goal scorers in a single season. Wait, what was it? I think it was 2006. And you're right, Phil. There was actually five. Yeah, because it was, it was, it was Heatley, Yager, Yager oh. Chichu. Um, Heatley, Yager, Chichu. Um, um, missing somebody, uh, Ovechkin, and then um, there's another 50 goal scorer that year that I'm missing. Hey, Anthony, hey, Anthony, he he can look down at any moment. <laughs> oh yeah, Kovalchuk. Oh, you just put him up there. Okay. <laughs> there you see it. All yeah. right. So here are here are the here are the goal scorer leaders and uh, Filk. What do you think? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm going to go shot. I don't think all those guys are going to make 50. I I have trouble seeing Kreider hit 50. I really do. I would love it, but I, I, I have a lot of trouble seeing it. I could see Ovechkin get back on fire and win win the uh, the Rocket Richard again. Uh, Debrinkit, I wonder about him because he's playing in Chicago. Um, Drysaddle, I could definitely see him doing it because he's done it before. And Matthews, I could see him doing it. So I, I could see those three. I could see Kreider and Debrinkit missing. Anthony, shot. Um, I think only I think only one, maybe maybe two. Uh, I think Drysaddle will, will do it for sure. Um, and I think and I think Matthews might do it. Um, I know you should never count out Ovechkin. Um, he'll probably bite me in the ass now and go on a complete tear and do it. But um, yeah, I think I think there's absolutely no way that all these guys do it, and you should be ashamed for even posing such a silly question. I mean, what do you think this is? You think this is this is like amateur hour here, like fantasy land? What what are you thinking? <laughs> I mean, this is the easiest I've ever to answer. Whoever whoever posed this question is a complete hack. Um, yeah. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go shot. I am that hack. So <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one, guys. You, you got to. If you mean to tell me, oh my god, the leading goal scorer in the league is is going to get 17. That'll put him at 50. Now, granted, I understand what Phil is saying, and I understand what you're saying. Drysaddle's definitely going to do it. Matthews is going to do it. Ovechkin has to do it for his team because right now they're starting to implode. I included the Brinkett because he can get hot. There's there's not that much in there. So all I need is Kreider to score 17 because I have full faith Matthews, Dreisaitl, and Ovechkin are all going to do it. Do you, so, you, you do realize how many games that are, are left for the Rangers, right? They had 47 games played, so they're at 30, uh, they have 35 games left. Yeah, so, so he's going to get a goal every other game. Every other game. 
Yes. Do you think he's consistent enough or will be consistent enough to do this? You know, Gerard Gallant surprised everybody, everybody, when he got William Carlson's score. I think it was 41 for for them. I, I, you're telling me 17 more goals by Chris Kreider? I, I, I got to think he's going to do it. I got to think he's going to he do it. It's not even being a pirate fanboy. It's just the math. If he gets one or two or more hat tricks by the end of the year, I mean, I'm gonna anything is on the table at that point. I think 40 is a lock. I think he's a lock for 40. I don't think he's gonna ghost and disappear again. But I tell you right now, he that's gonna be a tall order to get to 50. I know it's a tall order to get to 50, but let's see it. I mean, There's no shot in hell all for all of them are doing it. That's 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 crazy talk. <laughs> well, they, he listed five players there, so he's asking for four of the five. And who knows? Yeah. Dabrinka could always get oh. hot on a team that's not going to make the playoffs, and then next thing you know, there he is. Dabrinka's had a forty goal season before too, so yeah. So, all right, guys. So, what do you think? Uh, are we going to have four fifty goal scorers for the first time since two thousand six, where there was five? It's still amazing. Jonathan Chichu scored fifty six goals. In one season, I'm not sure if he scored 56 the rest of his career. Um, which 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 fan of which fan base would you rather be, a Canadian fan or a Coyote fan? Which one's got the brighter future? Uh, the Rangers are going to win a playoff series this year. The Islanders are going to make a move for the future. Throw it all down in the comments below. And just because I haven't done this in a while, even though it's right over Anthony's face, just leave us a like. But... <laughs> um, it still feel, it feels weird doing that right in front of your face, Anthony. It's, uh, it's, at least he gave me permission for the for the clapping mugs uh, for the bar talk segment. Um, Calgary's still leading, though. What's that? I don't know what that is. What's right. what? I heard the something. Uh, yeah. Uh, are we actually through a rundown already? I guess so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we're through our rundown. Wow. We actually went through everything that quickly. I didn't even thought we took our time. So, oh. oh, Anthony's got oh Anthony's got this 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 bit. So we gotta show this. Oh Jesus. Yeah, that is just <laughs> you can only laugh. Go go take a shower. Yeah, I mean, you know what you do with that? You just, first off, by the way, that's that's leg breaking. Never mind ankle breaking. That's leg breaking. And then he, between the legs, over the goalie, in full motion. And the players have that so much that now it's it's just nothing. It's like, all right. You know what's funny is I, I was talking to Mark over the weekend about it when I showed him it. And uh, the, one of the things that I love about Bedard is that he's one, he's like right now, like a borderline generational type prospect that they're talking about, obviously because of his uh, exceptional season and the fact that he paced for better numbers than McDavid did. But I mean, he's not the the fastest top end skater out of all the prospects. Like I think McDavid and others have had better top end speed, but Bedard's edge work is just phenomenal. And one of the other things that I'd even get to say to you, Mark, the other day about him, his shooting technique is ridiculous. Like his hand placement, his elbow placement, his footing when he shoots, 
is probably the most advanced I've ever seen of anyone at that age ever. Ever. Uh, he he had a better shot at that age than Matthews did. And it, it just goes to show you. And Matthews is a bigger guy than Bedard. Yeah. And even and even at that age, yeah. Matthews was what, like 6'1", 6'2", and he was probably about 200 pounds. But I'll tell you right now, um, Bedard's shooting is just so unreal advanced. It's it's not even funny. He's he's gonna look great in the Coyotes jersey. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I guess so because they're <laughs> probably gonna be complete crap next year too, and Montreal will probably be a better team than they were this past year. So, um, you know, with Carey Price back, if Carey Price plays, so. But or, yeah, I mean, my. My fear of him is like because now with the new rules of the lottery, like literally every team that misses the playoffs, you know, um, has a chance. Can you imagine like if a team like I don't, I don't know, like somehow like Pittsburgh or Washington or or whoever like misses the playoffs next year and they somehow got and won the lottery and they got him and it's kind of just like domination guaranteed for the next you know twelve years all over again? I would just get out of here. Just go yeah, just, just put Gary Bettman's head on a hockey stick and parade it around square somewhere at that point if that happens, because that's some nonsense. But <laughs> um, I mean, even even the 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 second, the, you know, the team that places second in that lottery uh, that year, you're going to get Matt Vaynichkov. Yeah, like that's that's a con- remember when everybody was talking about how Jack Eichel is a consolation prize. Because he would be yeah. the number one pick in like just about every other draft, aside from the 2015 draft in the last like 20 years, uh, and you're you're looking at Matt Mitchkov as being the number two pick in that draft, and just wow, you you you're, you might have the best goal scorer in the league for I don't know the next 10 years after that, because he's his goal scoring prowess is on. Believable. He is just incredible. A one-man dynamo. Now, just to say about this, actually, I think it would help the Arizona Coyotes if Mitchkov ended up going to them because the Coyotes are sort of trying to do like, uh, I guess, like a five-year plan. And if you're telling me they get a Mitchkov and then they don't touch him for three years because he's going to be in the KHL, um. Mitch Hobby ain't gonna stay in the KHL. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I mean, He's don't get me wrong. I'd rather have him here. But if he pull, if he goes the Kaprizov route, that might only help him. Yeah, I don't think he's pulling a Kaprizov. I, I think that kid's gonna be over, and he's gonna absolutely tear tear it up for whatever team he plays for, and he's gonna get paid real quick. Uh, Anthony, speaking about things you'd be afraid of. Uh, as Jack is saying, if, if Bedard ends up in the Metro, I'm going to be so mad. Uh, I'm going to call it right now. If he does in the Metro, it's a Philadelphia Flyer. That, yeah. that that. I, mean, I don't know what's going on with that franchise, but they're, they're not adding up. Well, like, I mean, they, they, you know, the, they might start retooling and the trade of Giroux would signal that, but um, they, they still got they still got some good they still got some good pieces in Philly. I yeah I I don't see Phil like 
I see Philadelphia in the same but a lesser vein than the Islanders. Like the Islanders could legitimately come back next season and be a playoff team. I don't know if they're going to be a conference finalist again. Depends on the moves that they make. Uh, but I can absolutely see the Islanders being a playoff team next year. Um, the team that really – like the, the real wild card team for me is Philadelphia because I could easily see them coming back and, and being a contender as well next year. But I could also see things going the other way. But I don't think they're going to be a lottery team next year. I think a lot of things are going to get figured out. They're going to have the head coaching position figured out. Um, and I, I think their defense only has to get better, especially if you trade away someone like Rasmus Ristolainen at the deadline. You get somebody to take that contract on, or you get or you dump him in the offseason. They gave and him a first round be- draft pick for Rasmus Ristolainen. He's not even on their top power play unit. Nope. He's garbage, but um, yeah, I mean, Ryan Ellis being hurt all season has really, really hurt them too. He was a point per game before he went out with his injury. I know it's only a few games, but I mean, you're going to have Ryan Ellis back next year. Um, They still have Sean Couturier, still have Travis Konechny, Joel Farabee, Morgan Frost. There are pieces there that Philadelphia has to work with. So they're not going to be a terrible, terrible team. Um, Gene with a good question here. Do we foresee the window closing on the Capitals? No, not yet. I I still think Alexander Ovechkin has a couple of good seasons left in him. Nicholas Backstrom still young enough. He's going to be there for a bit. Igveni Kuznetsov is still right in his prime years. He's still got – I, I think what this player. comes down to is, do you think Sam Sonoff going to win him a Stanley Cup? Ah, uh, well, if, if you're talking about Stanley Cup, I well, I, Vanacek. I repeat, I don't know if Ilya Samsonov can win him a Stanley Cup. I I don't I like, like Vanacek but... as a as a as a cup or as a real like credible goaltender like. For to try to win a cup with, I should say, I think Vanacek's a decent enough starter that he can get you through a regular season and get you into the playoffs. But um, uh, yeah, I I don't I don't see the Washington Capitals winning another cup until after they completely rebuild. At this point, I it just I think the moves that they would have to make would be really extreme, and you would have to pretty much mortgage your entire future for them to make everything work. So. I'm going to say no there. By the way, Phil, I think it was no coincidence that once we started talking about uh, Mitchkov, that the bots started chiming in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're Russian spam bots. Yeah. Anthony, yeah. what do you, th- what do you think? Do you think that, uh, you think that the capital still have a window? Well, I've been, I've been saying that I could see them, you know, starting to decline less like two years and they continue to still be a, a you know, a good playoff team. So, I'm gonna really just stop saying that and say they they still got a they still got some time. Do I think they have time? Yeah, I just don't think they're going to. That's my thing. I, I think they'll have opportunities, like they'll get to the playoffs, maybe even to the second round, something like that. But I, I just I don't know. And I, I and the Anthony Mantha trade hasn't exactly helped them at all. I think if they if they'd kept Vrana and they kept their assets from that deal, I think they would be so much better off right now than in making a trade for Anthony Mantha because I, even when he was playing, 
I just didn't see him as like the difference maker that was worth giving up all that for. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with that. If they have like a 1% chance, I still think they got uh, the top end talent is great, uh, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not in love with their goaltending. And uh, I think Laviolette got all that he could out of them. Laviolette. So, Laviolette got all he could have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Chuck Fletcher is the GM of the Flyers, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, by the way, hey, John. Great to hear from you. Uh, and also, I'm eating. Eat, I'm eating a little bit crow. David said that Chichi put together a couple good years. Yeah, it is true. He went from 28 goals, 56, 37, 23, 12, and then five. His entire career was seven years. Still more in the NHL than I ever had. So, I guess that's the simplest way to look at that. But wow, 50. By the way, can you guys think of other guys that scored 56 goals that, or 50 goals? You're like, really? That guy did. Hakan Lube. What about Lube? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hakan Lube was a, a Swedish forward that played in Calgary in the 80s. And I believe it was 1987, <laughs> 88, or 80-89. One of those two years might have been uh, the, either the year before or the year that they won the cup in Calgary. Hakan Lube had 50 goals and 100 points in that season. And he, he was a real dynamic little forward out of Sweden and then just disappeared after that. Um, it, it wasn't uh it wasn't 50, but in 88, 89, Rob Brown scored 49 goals for, for Pittsburgh. Hmm. Gee, I wonder who <laughs> had a 199 point season that year. Yeah. And can, can uh, we think of anybody? Can we think of 199 point scores, not named Wayne Gretzky? <laughs> I think that yeah, might be no. someone's short list. Yeah, I think yeah, 118 points that year too. Yeah, I, I, Brown did. I pull the Charlie Kaminsky every time uh, that I talk with uh, John Charlie. Solomon from All Things Islanders. Uh, that every time he goes, well, Gretz, uh, Mario Lemieux had 200 points. Nope, he had 199. 199 is not 200. Um, yeah. Um... Ray Shepard had 50 goals in 94. Yeah. yeah. He was playing with uh, Sergei Fedorov, I believe that year. Yeah. It was, it was Ray Shepard had, uh, he had 50 goals in 94 and then him and Yarmer Yager were the only two to have 30 in the shortened season in 95. 95. No, no, Nolan also had 30 in 95. And so did Peter Bondra. Son of a bitch. But <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I, I will double check right that now. Thing. But I, I can tell you, I can tell you that that I know for a fact Nolan did. See, by the way, uh, I'm going to highlight Gene's comment in one second. But uh, Owen Nolan this, had 30 goals and 49 points in 46 games in '95 as a 22 year old power forward, and then was dealt nine games into the following season to San Jose for Sandy Ozelinch. Yes. The former New York Ranger, Sandus Ozelinch. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm looking through some of those standings right now about Winnipeg. Winnipeg right now has got 45 points. And I would love it if Winnipeg. 
There were actually five 30-goal scorers in that year. I actually forgot that this guy did it. But can you name the other guy? Because Bondra didn't – Bondra led the league in goals at 34 in only 47 games. Yeah, the, remember that Gardner. I think had forty eight and forty nine with the with the Rangers, but no, never hit. Uh, never hit fifty. Uh, so wait, wait, what was the question, Phil? There were five thirty goal scorers in nineteen ninety five. I named off four of them: Peter Bondra, Owen Nolan, Yarmer Yager, and you mentioned Ray Shepard. Do you know who the fifth guy was? Ray Shepard, by the way, only had thirty and forty three games. That's nuts. Yeah. What year? By, by the way, uh, 1995, the lockout shortened season. Yeah. Uh, huh. Fifty goals? No, thirty goals. goals. Thirty, thirty goals. Oh, thirty, 30 goals. Forty-eight. Uh, Kimu Nope. No. It's, it's somebody that you get a name and I'm going to go, oh, I can't believe that. Because part of me wants to say Joe Sackick. That's not right. This was this player's absolute best season. He actually finished third in scoring that year and was tied for fifth in goals. And he – some of the names he's out, he outscored this year were just incredible. He outscored Joe Sackick, Ron Fan, Francis, Theo Fleury. Uh, Rich, by Fancy. the way, that's 100% right uh, that the only uh, – not, not Rattel, it was Hatfield. Hatfield is – Hatfield, Graves, and Yager are the only 50 goal scorers yeah, for the Rangers. The only 50. LaRouche, LaRouche had 48. It's not uh, Bore. It's not Lindros. It's uh, not Bore. It's not Lindros, and it's not Hall. Hall. Lindros only had – Lindros tied for the NHL lead in scoring with Yager with 70 points, but he lost the um, the Art Ross because Yager had 32 goals as opposed to Lindros' 29. <sighs> Even though Lindros played less games than Yager. Can, can I get uh, East or West? West. This one's gonna this one's gonna stump you both because you're never gonna believe it when I say this name. Funny enough, this guy this guy has a very famous teammate that you would have thought would have done it, but he's not the answer. Joe Newendike? Nope. Because uh, I know they lost. Uh... Total out of the blue answer. You're not even going to believe this. Jeff okay, Cornell. I'm just going to go. I'm going to go. No, Pat Balloon. What's that? I'm going to go Pat Balloon just so that way no, you can get all. Pat Balloon did not do it. Pat Balloon's first two years were the best years of his career, and then he fell off. No, it's not Trevor Linden. Uh, and it's Tony not Mike Modano. What's that? Tony Monty. It's not a Monty. All right, Henry Steen. What would you say, Laka? Thomas Steen. You had the right team, but the wrong guy, Alexei Zhamnov. Ah, oh, okay. Alexei Zhamnov had thirty goals and sixty-five points that year. I never thought he was that great, ever. And he and was he a part of that reach. Young Guns line, which, which as a rookie line was a great line because that was Solani's seventy-six goals, one hundred and thirty-two point yeah. rookie season. Jamnov was a point per game in that year as well as a rookie. Kachuk had almost 30 goals and almost 60 points. But Jamnov in 95 was off the hook. He yeah. was he was a force that year. So because by the way, we'll stick with the Winnipeg Jets on that one, because that's what this question is. What or is everyone uh what's everyone's thoughts on what the Winnipeg Jets will do? 
Well, Andrew Copy moved and uh, Mark Shifley looks uninterested. I don't think it matters if Mark Shifley is uninterested. He's Winnipeg Jet the rest of his career. Uh, John D. Lee, I'm, I'm with him. We've been saying it for weeks. If the Rangers could go get him, go get Andrew Copp. Absolutely. I, I don't. I don't think that's happening. But I, I think if it's they're, gonna, I think if they're gonna go get anybody, I think they would probably try to go get Mark Shifley over Andrew Copp. Who the Rangers? Yep. Wow. Call me crazy, but I got this feeling. I'm not going on inside information. I don't have anything yet. If I if I come across something, I, I will let you guys know. But I have this feeling that they're going to make a big, big move. Um, the vibe that I've gotten since Dolan has taken over is that they want to win now. And part of the reason why is because you have all these guys that are going to need new contracts coming up, right? So you're going to want to win before those contracts become big. And I know Capo Caco is not going to really afford a new big contract. They're probably going to bridge him after this season because of the fact that he just hasn't produced nearly enough. But yeah. let's just say Alexi Lafreniere next year finally hits the switch and he just breaks out. You're going to owe him. Adam Fox's contract extension kicks in next year. So that's going from nine nine 925K to $9.5 million. Um, Shifley would be a blockbuster. Um, Winnipeg also has to move salary because they're probably going to have to re-sign Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, looking at them cap-wise right now, I'm just going to try to go find their page. Um, they have a bunch of LTIR being used right now. So Nikolai Ehlers is on LTIR. Um, Brian Little, we're not going to really worry about him because he's pretty much, like, retired. But Nikolai Ehlers coming back, and they're going to need depth on the wings. Like, if Patrick Liney was still there, I would say, okay, you could move Nikolai Ehlers. But Blake Wheeler's got two more years left after this um, this year on his deal, and he's making $8.25 million at the age of 35 going on 36. You're not moving Kyle Connor, obviously. Um, and Andrew Kopp is a UFA at the end of the year. So, yeah, $3.64 million off the books, and the same with Paul Stastny. But they're going to have to give new deals soon to some guys. And, yeah, you're going to need a new deal for, uh, like I said, Pierre-Luc Dubois. That's going to be – or yeah, uh, that's going to be a big one. And he's on IR right now. And so is Neil Pionk. I I hate this. I hate that you're even bringing this up because now you're making me think to myself, what if Mark Shifley could be a New York Ranger? And I don't see it. Right, exactly. I don't see it either. Andrew, because uh, after Sebastian Ajo, I'll take Mark Shifley on my team in a heartbeat. Uh, that's probably my my number two non-favorite Ranger. Um, and, and Gene brings up a great point here. The Jets are in need of a young right-handed defenseman and Nils Lundqvist, probably with Braden Schneider's. Maybe, I mean, if if Shifley's available, Braden Schneider is probably going to be on. He's going to be on the table. And and I don't I don't see them moving. I don't see them wanting to move Braden Schneider. But if they had to, and the deal was right, and Winnipeg could retain a little bit of salary on Mark Shifley. Ooh. 
Uh, yeah, Shifley's got two more years at six point one two five million. I just don't see them wanting to pay big time for a rental. Like I would love Joe Pavelski. I I want to manifest that, and I'll continue to try to manifest Joe Pavelski. But I don't think they want to pay big money or big time assets for a rental like him. I don't think Philadelphia's trading him with Drew. I mean, the last trade that they made was Eric Lindros. They haven't made a trade since then. But Shifley just, it makes sense because I get the feeling that Drury doesn't, like I said, doesn't want to give up the top end assets for a rental. And I think Dolan wants to make that, wants them to make a splash. And I think Dolan's going to breathe down their ne- Drury's neck to make that deal. And that's my only worry is that they end up overpaying in a deal like this. Here's, but here's the thing with the Rangers. Oh, and one oh. thing I've been bringing up all along. I think the way they're currently constructed, you put you add more to the bottom six than the top six. But if you add to the top six, you can move somebody down to the bottom six because you're going to have to move somebody down at that point. <laughs> that was great. The way, the way you just went out of there right now, it was just no. like Anthony just went poof. Like he really doesn't want the Rangers getting Pavelski. Um, yeah, it's like he went, he went and had a big mad moment off camera with the mic off. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, 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 if anything, I think the Jets would soon move it, would would rather move PLD before they move Shifley. In my in my opinion, the I, only I would agree reason why I'm gonna disagree with that is because of the age difference between the two of them. There's a big, big difference in age. Shifley's 28. How old is uh? Yeah, Shifley's 28, and Dubois is 23. Okay. Do you think Dubois could ever be Mark Shifley, though? Yeah. I mean, he he scored 60 points playing in Columbus under Tortorella. Sure, he was playing with Artemi Panarin, but he did that in only his second year. And he was a top pick in his draft year for a reason. Um, Shifley has a modified no-trade clause, and it's 10 teams. It's a 10-no-team clause. So... But, um, I mean, his actual salary is 6.75 for this year and then 5.5 and 6 million for the next couple of years. I just wonder if Winnipeg would actually want to pay the physical salary on top of that. I mean, I get it. He's important there. I mean, he's going to turn, he's going to turn 29 in next month. He's going to be 29. So he's got like five and a half years on Dubois and maybe they could keep Dubois down, but you, I don't, I don't know if you can bridge this guy at this point. I think you got to sign him long-term. So I, go I ahead. Think the, I think the most, I think the Rangers are going to get Jared McCann. That's my, that's my guess. He's an RFA. Jared McCann would be probably one of the the three most realistic targets, I would say. What are your realistic targets? For forward, I I would say McCann. Uh, I I think Pavelski is definitely realistic. I, 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 I think that a lot of people online are overvaluing what it'll cost to get him. Yes, I get he's over a point per game this year. But he's also 38, and um, 
I think a lot of teams are going to be wary about that. I, I know that this man right here has been talking about this for months. Yes, Jack, I, I know. I, I know. Uh, Joe, I, I would disagree with you, my friend. I, I think they will definitely move McCann because McCann is just – yeah, and Gene, going to tell you right now, they're not going to break up that misfit line. They're not. Yeah, I think Anthony said it a couple weeks ago. They're not. That they're not going to break up those misfits, even though, yeah, it, all signs pointed to Riley Smith being on, but now I don't think so. The Donoff has just had such a down year for his standards. That I think he's going to get moved. Um, yeah, a team, a team that has aspirations to win the cup. You don't, you don't trade a piece like Riley Smith off your team, especially. You just don't, especially no, just when there's other options. He's the type of player you want in the playoffs, and he's been good for Las Vegas in the playoffs in the past. I mean, it would just be really dumb for them to do that as opposed to Dodonov. Dodonov's gone. I, I, I'm just counting down the days until he gets traded. It's How just about a Phil Kessel? Of, do you think? Do you think if a team misses on Joe Pavelski, they're going to go for Phil Kessel? I think a lot of teams are going to be in on Phil Kessel. I think the cost is going to be so cheap, and that that's my number three most realistic target for the Rangers because he's just. I, I think that. It's not going to cost a lot. And if the Rangers go for a rental, I think he's the perfect rental because it's just, it's not going to cost a lot to get him. And the probability that he rebounds on a new team is actually extremely high. And I know that with the Panarin line, if they did, uh, he could play with either or. I mean, he has the speed to play with Zibanejad and Kreider, and he's a good enough playmaker to play with them. But he could all. I could also see him on that line and just the three of them just running around and skating circles around players and giving defenses problems. So, and here's another: Pierre Luc yeah. Dubois' dad works for the Jets organization. That was part of why they went and made that deal because they wanted he wanted his son to be there, and it was really just a perfect fit. You think that they would trade Pierre Luc Dubois before Mark Shifley? I don't think so. I'm not saying that Mark Shifley is going to be traded, but if you ask me, that's just the perfect type of Chris Drury, Jim Dolan fed move. If, if it ends up, not that I think there's a high probability of it happening, but it just makes a lot of sense, especially if Winnipeg wants to start to rebuild. The, uh, the blue, the blue signed Barube to a three-year extension. Oh, wow. He's been a good coach for them. So yeah, they, yeah. he deserves that. That just happened. Another another player that uh, or coach that was in Philadelphia that went on to better better uh, greener pastures. Could you imagine yeah. if Dave Haxtall ends up turning his coaching career around with the Kraken, and then everybody <laughs> just looks at it and says it's it's Philly and Philly is the Philly is the uh, the problem. Yes, Jack F- Phil Kessel can still, yeah, he can still skate. And David, this is actually a really good point too. Kessel has a good amount of assists for having no talent around him. Yeah. What does he have? Clayton Keller, Shane Gossespier is one of their top, like what, three or four scorers on the team. Maybe. Even Which, by the way, I'm happy about Shane Gossespier rebounding this year. I mean, I say that a little bit loosely, of course, on Arizona, but he's certainly not the like, like he's had a good season. That's what I'm just trying to get with on that. Yeah, I mean, Riley Smith in Vegas, we're talking about playoff performers. 
All right, not even not even just Vegas, but in Florida in 2016, in those six games, he had eight points against the Islanders in that playoff series, four goals and four assists. He had 22 points in 20 games for Vegas in their cup finals run, six points in seven games the year after when they lost to San Jose, um, 14 points in 20 games in 2020, and then 10 points in 19 games last year. Uh, so, I mean, this is a guy that puts up points in the playoffs. Yep. That's going to be a hell of a series again if them and Colorado meet up in the in the East, Western Conference Finals. I would wonder if, if Arizona would move Shane Goss' beer before the deadline. He's having a great year. They might, yeah. 20, 28 points in 46 games for a guy who was – chopping block waiver material <laughs> what's um what's three things that are always teams are looking for at the trade deadline oh right yeah shot defenseman yes or i was gonna go with a stay-at-home bottom six defenseman an offensive power play quarterback if they can and any bottom six help they can possibly get yeah bottom six I, help is definitely important I, I actually, and again, I'm, I'm saying this right now. Uh, I understand, Jack, what you're saying, your pipe dream, blockbuster trade, uh, Rangers get uh, Elias Patterson. I still, I think the Rangers can win, emphasizing the bottom six. If they could, I'm still trying to find that guy that matches the, what I'm saying. But if they get a J.G. Pajot type, a Philip Deneau type, now you're talking about your third line being your matchup line, frees up Zabanajad. Uh, away from other players, your fourth line goes out, grinds it out, and then, uh, then, then show show me the team that that that's going to beat them. Then they got Anthony, they already got the best goaltender out of the playoff teams. There, Anthony, was that you that put Vancouver is more likely to move yeah. Besser? Yeah, I'm 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 with you there. Brock Besser is he's definitely on his way out. I mean, if, if his number, if the drop in his number since his rookie year weren't so wasn't so concerning, I would definitely take a look at Besser. Yeah, and Pedersen um, just signed a, an extension, didn't he? Yeah, Peter, Pedersen's not going to go. I mean, he he's their he is their the answer to their long their long term core there in Vancouver. Um, I don't think Pedersen is is going to go anywhere. I mean, Besser definitely had a rebound year last year, 23 goals, 49 points, and only 56 games, which is really good. But um, I, I I, don't know if he's going to be worth the next contract that he gets because I have a feeling he's going to get like $7 million, and I, I just don't know if he's going to be worth that. Yeah. Henderson definitely isn't going anywhere, although I would love that. Um, I just wonder I, where JT Miller is going to land, and I think it might be the Pittsburgh Penguins. I could see that possibly. I mean, he's from East Palestine, Ohio, which is really not far from Pittsburgh. So um, I would just wonder if they could actually pull that off cap-wise. Uh, no, don't, I mean, he might move anyway because he's, he's going to be a free agent. Uh, sorry, no. I think it's somebody else. My bad. But um, Vancouver is only four points out of a playoff spot. So I don't know if they're going to move. I don't know if they're going to move anybody at the moment. You know what? I heard some rumblings that they would move Connor Garland before they move JT Miller. 
Like yeah. the, I, I think it, it was just, like Friedman or I forget who I was watching, but um, one of them was saying Garland to a free yeah they did. Season? But the, the the thing is, is that they feel like it, it sounds like they're just they're higher on Miller than they are on Garland, and I, I get it. Miller's a better player than Garland is without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, I would if I'm the Rangers that that guy makes more sense because he can play both wings than any guy on Vancouver other than Pedersen. Now you were talking about Besser. Besser's numbers have been going down. Besser, best. No, I was going to make, I was going to make an asinine comment uh, comparison. (laughs) uh, Cause I was going to try to uh, compare Brock Besser to uh, Patrick line. And as far as the drop in numbers have gone, but the truth is you're, you're talking about 29 goals, 26, 16, 23, and 13 right now. Uh, he's still an RFA at the end of this. His contract might be somewhat reasonable after this. Maybe he goes to Minnesota, uh, goes home, revitalizes his career. Uh, I, I don't know how I want to give up on Getzer, though. I, I don't know how Pittsburgh fits JT Miller, though, because – they have Jason Zucker on LTIR. Like, if he's yeah. coming back at any point this season, I, I don't, I don't see how they pull that off. Yeah, and then they got to worry about next year because you're going to have to give Brian Rust a new contract, and they're going to do that because of the chemistry that he has with Sidney Crosby. They're not going to let him go. And, and Jake Gensel, Casper Capitan could be moved, but he's an RFA, so you're he doesn't have a salary for next year. You know what? Granny Brooke kind of brings this up. And I just want to say this. You think sometimes... Oh, and Chris Letang needs a new deal. Yeah. Think uh, sometimes people... Vulcan. Yeah. Think sometimes people just throw trade rumors out there to light a fire under a guy? Uh, yeah. We've, yeah. Uh, we've seen it. We've absolutely seen it. Don't you remember um, 1994? Uh, we're going to trade you for Chris Chelios. And then Brian Leach found out about that. And look at what happened there. Yeah. Brian Leach went on to win the Smythe Trophy. Uh, he finest. The 94 and 95. Two, two, uh, sorry, 92 through 90. No, never mind. Brian Leach is just great all the time. I'm trying to give you the best window. But, I mean, that guy won two Norris trophies. He could have won six. He probably, I think, I, I felt he should have won in 2001. I, I knew that, you know, he, he was like a minus 18 that year, but the team itself around him had a major collapse. Mike Richter got injured in February going post to post against Chicago towards ACL. Theo Fleury went into substance abuse, was at one point leading the NHL in scoring. Uh, he overtook the scoring lead from Zygmunt Palfi and Yarmir Yager. Um, and Joe Sackick. Yeah, so Flurry was leading the league in scoring at one point, uh, pretty much into the uh, – you know what's funny? I I, I, would, I was never big on Patrick Laine, but that's another move that I could see the Rangers making. It, it, it just – not that I think it's going to happen, but if it happened, I know it would shock a lot of people. But to me, when I think about it, it just makes sense. It wouldn't. I mean, it wouldn't shock me because I've I've heard his name out there as a possible movement. But I mean, 
the thing is with these guys that you know, Shifley, Line, you're, you're talking about you're talking about you know decent sized returns, and you're gonna have you're gonna have to give up something that's gonna okay. hurt, that's gonna upset most Ranger fans. I hear you, and and what yeah. I was about to say was, if you're going to give up on somebody like Capo Caco, you do it for Patrick Line. No, you you're right. You you absolutely do it. But you already, Caco's a better defensive player than Line. Yeah, his but... defensive game is improved. I'll give him that. All right, it's improved. It's still not not anywhere Man, near think, there. And I think if you're, you're a Ranger right. fan, outside of you, I think you I think I think you give up Caco to forget Line. I've, I've again, he's still young, and there still is time. But I've seen enough from Caco to at least know. Okay, yeah, maybe maybe he develops into a twenty, you know, like a twenty goal guy somewhere around there. But I think I've seen enough to know for sure he's not developing into a 40, 45 goal guy. So on that premise alone, I'm pull. I think I'm pulling the trigger on a on a line A Kako trade. Yeah, and that that's that's my thought on it as well. And I, not only that, but I I used the same logic and the same argument for moving Keandre Miller for Jacob Chikrin. Okay, so the risk that you have with Keandre Miller is that he becomes what Brady Shea is now. Not rookie Brady Shea, but Brady mm-hmm. Shea now. So he's uh, anywhere from, I would say, a number uh, I would number four or number five that can skate mm-hmm. well, move the puck, and his defense is kind of so-so. And he gives you, what, 15, maybe 20 points? Okay, that's a, that's a decent NHLer. But Jacob Chikrin... Even if last year was an outlier, which it more than likely is because he was shooting a, what, 18% last year. Keandre Miller may never even become Jacob Chikrin before last year. And Jacob Chikrin was a solid defenseman before last season. He just didn't have the offensive numbers. So, like, if Capo Caco, if you're worried that he's never going to become a 20, 30 goal scorer or a 60-point guy, and he's just going to be like this 20-goal, 40-point guy, then you make the move for Patrick Liney because the age gap isn't tremendous. Yeah, I would no, rather you, get Rothovic if he was available, but he's not going to be. You, but. you, absolutely, you absolutely do that move. I mean, I think looking at Mark, I think Mark has some sort of hesitation there, and I, I, that's what I get a sense of. But yeah. I, don't, I think it's almost like a no-brainer. I mean, unless unless you still hold the belief that you think Kako is going to be a superstar, which I it's don't. It's not see so much that Kako is going to be a superstar. I think the Rangers are going to need to pay people, and the way you have to do that is with yeah, lower that, salary yes, guys. Salary salary plays a role in this too, for sure. And yeah. and, and I think the better their better path is getting that third line with talent around it. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. Wouldn't line a ruin our cap? Yeah, um, Kako is not untouchable. That is correct too. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if Kako is untouchable anymore. I mean, I don't think he's untouchable anymore. I don't think he's untouchable. I, I, I think he's off limits for a lot of players. I, I think that Patrick Line is just not one of them. Um, again, not saying that Patrick Line in the Rangers is going to happen. It's just a move that wouldn't shock me because, again. And here's the big thing. Dolan put his hands back on this team. If Gorton and, and company were still there, then I would say that I, I, I don't see them giving up on, on, on line a for, uh, or a uh, Kako for a line a or something like that. But um, yeah. And this, this is, this is it. This is it. Right yeah, you got it. All right, good. 
yeah, yeah. this is it because the, the the dark knight quote that <laughs> you're doing right here little harvey dent is perfect steven because that's really what it comes down to for me so and that's why I, I made that Brady Shea comparison with Keandre Miller because I can easily see Keandre Miller just turning into what Brady Shea is now. And then you end up not having any value for him. The Rangers, he already turned into that guy and somehow got a first-round pick from Carolina, which ended up being Schneider out of it. So I, by the way, do you remember the night they drafted him? Didn't they compare him to Brady Shea? Uh, I just wore the comparison to Brady that. Shea. But, yeah, um, and here's another thing. Jack brings up a good point here. I mean, with Othman maybe being ready and then some other guys in the system, I mean, you're talking about ELC contracts. Okay. Yeah. So, in the next few years, you could see guys like Othman, Berard, Cooley start coming up and start filling into these bottom oh, wow. and middle six roles to help the team out. So, if you have to move somebody like that, there you go. But, uh, again, I I'm not – I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but I, I, with Dolan putting his hands back on this team, if Patrick Liney became available for the right price, I could see them sending Capo Caco the other way. I could. Are we, no. are we, by the way, is it going to be inevitable that it's going to be the Rangers versus Pittsburgh in the first round? Ah, gee, wow. I mean, Carolina's got three games in hand, and they got 40, uh, 65 points. And they lost last night in regulation. Yeah, yep. buddy. To the Sens. Yep. Uh, it's possible, but I think Washington could still could still catch Pittsburgh. Um, the Rangers could still games catch played Carolina. They could catch Carolina, move to one. So, I, no, I don't, I, don't think it's, um, I don't think it's set in stone. Yeah. Um, you know, off, off topic, but because Phil mentioned the word Berard, and I, I was, I'd been thinking about Brian Berard, and because after his horrific eye injury, um, he still had a year where he had forty-seven points for the Blackhawks. Blackhawks, two thousand yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, and then against Columbus, he had a year where he had twelve goals and third, I think thirty-two points. Um, so, question I ask: If he didn't have that eye injury, how much, how good do you think he really could have been on a consistent basis? If I he was he like, like that with one eye, I, I think he would have been a sixty-point scorer, and he probably would have rounded out his defensive game a little bit better. He would have, he uh, would have been somebody that would have been representing USA in the Olympics. Yeah, I mean Brian Berard was he was one of the most impressive rookies that I've seen, and especially him as an Islander. Uh, he was great that year. Rookie of the year, yeah. Rookie of the year. Alderman, then yeah. then yeah. Milbury started messing around with him. He played him on the wing at times. Um he skated so well, yeah. He was... Yeah, but the, his value was being a defenseman. Yeah, I know. It was dumb. But... 48 points as a rookie on that Islander yeah. team. He had 46 the year after. Four, 14, 14 goals. goals. in Only 75 games, which really good. Really good, but yeah. yeah, that 04 season in um Chicago was really just 47 points on only 58 games on that team. They were um, bad. There time, was yeah. no Tony Amante. Steve Sullivan was traded midseason to Nashville. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and they they lost a lot of guys during that year, at Chicago, and they were just a bad, bad team. And Berard was a constant for them. But um, I definitely want to take a minute to. Thank yeah, you. we got to acknowledge this. Yeah, thank you. 
And sorry of your, you, uh, for your loss, Johnny, for your uncle Ed. That's that's awful. Um, I lost my cousin in February of 2021 due to COVID. My mother's cousin, I should say, second cousin. So, um, yeah, it's not fun. Not fun, this whole thing. We're hoping that this virus finally subsides and we can go back to normal life and stop losing people to this damn thing. So, yeah. Um, we'll be, be doing a live stream. Ooh. Yes. Uh, I want to make sure I know the exact date again. Uh, March 21st. Which one? March 21st. March 21st. I just want to um, get that date in there. But yeah, we're probably going to be doing sure that. I want to make off for that. Uh, 21st. Yeah. Mike Milver is the prime example that being a good player doesn't guarantee. No, nah, I think the prime example there is Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky was just a terrible coach and he was the greatest player ever. So I'll always look to that example, but yeah, uh, we're definitely going to be, um, we're definitely going to be doing a live stream for that, for the trade we deadline. Think, we'll probably start around noon. Do we think Gallant will start Zach Jones as the number three? I, I would hope that he would have the balls to play Zach Jones and Brandon Schneider together because Patrick Nemeth and Libor Hayek was just they're just not good enough. They're not they're not NHL defensemen. They don't belong in the lineup. Zach Jones has looked better than them. And you're you're certainly not taking out Braden Schneider at this point. So nope. Nope, 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 nope. Um, and by the way, uh, Johnny, we, I wish we all wish we can, we can, uh, we can get a run like that, get to 96. Uh, now my dad's actually having heart surgery, uh, soon, but it sounds like everything's going to be routine. Um, Gene's mentioning Korzak right here. Or sorry. It's ja Jagger Fircus, who's um his his line mate in um he's in uh Moostra, I think. Okay. Korzak is. So but yeah, um Jagger Fircus, I, I think could be I think he's next year's draft. So but he's supposed to go near the top of next year's uh first round. Thank you very much, Johnny. And uh, I'll be seeing him next month in Arizona. So, yeah, I'm trying to go through. There was there was a comment I saw earlier on that asked a, re a real good question. Did you start uh, earlier on? Um, gotta try to find it. No problem. We'll stick with the the current ones. Yeah, I mean, you could go through and you know pull up any questions. <laughs> I'm excited to see this Fox guy. Yeah. That's uh, the pretty me good too, ones. Jack. Me too. What do you think he will do? You know what? I think. See. Yeah. Uh, Gene will definitely get a cigar with Mickey. Um, there's. It's, it's going to be interesting because. It's from a name that I don't remember seeing off the uh, Um, Because it's sort of like you don't know what you're going to get from the personality of a GM until they actually start doing it. Uh, Jury's personality seemed to be 
Uh, Kelly Yarmark, by the way, uh, uh, Yarncrook. I mean, that would be. I'm still thinking of Matthias Yarmark. Uh, that would be good. But you don't know what you're going to get from the GM until they start doing it. Drury's been like reinforcing bottom six, making them tougher. Uh, the thing, like a, a guy I'm thinking about is Neil Smith, who was everybody always called him No Deal Neil, and then he made the trade for Bernie Nichols, and he became Big Deal Neil. So. And then he made the trade for Messier, and it was even bigger deal, Neil. I, yeah, and it was Mike Gartner Mike that was Gartner, right after that, yeah. the, uh, before that, Alphaline. Um, Alphaline went for Mike Gartner, yeah. Yeah, so I'd say that trade worked out for the Rangers. Alphaline was still a good player. His son was still, yeah, he was still a very good player, but the, Mike Gartner was just so much of a better player, and yeah. they just screwed that part up. They should have kept Gartner. Like, if you wanted to deal a Monty and and deal him away to to get more, I mean, they just the problem is in '94, just they they dealt away skill for grit, and then they ended up almost needing the extra scoring because Anderson was such a letdown in the top six. Well, again, I. I still think Glenn Anderson is the guy that walked in, put his name on a project, and it got an A. Yeah, uh, exactly. That's um, the way I just feel about I him. totally disagree with that, Gene. I, I, I don't think you move Cali Yarncroke, who's a proven number three center, into a four center rule and move Kevin Rooney up. That makes no sense. No sense to me. Because Kevin Rooney's not nearly the offensive player that Cali Yarncroke is. I I oh. like this one too. I'm going to start this question because even if we start talking about something else, we got to get back to this one. Um, we're probably going to do another uh, 20 minutes or so. Um, but yeah, Gene Yarn Crook is a much better offensive player than Kevin Rooney. You could tell you that right now. All you have to do is just look at his look at the raw stats, and you can see it. Kevin Rooney. And, and I like Kevin Rooney. Kevin Rooney has really made me eat my crow since becoming a Ranger. So I, yeah. I, will, I will say that. But Cali Yarncroft is in, in a class higher than him. Right. But if you got it, let's say if they got him for the third line, that's what I'm talking about. They need well, somebody yeah, of course. to match up. Cali Yarncroft last year was on pace for over 40 points. He was on pace for almost 50 points last year. Yeah, and then the now, let's say, now let's yeah. say you took Cal Yarncrook and you moved them to, let's say they got two guys, and hypothetically it's not happening. This is what I'm just saying. If you if they did do what Gene says, you put them on the fourth line, then you move Rooney to the wing, and you still got Reeves, and I think uh, and yeah, and no, some someone else on that third line. I'm telling you right now would be moved down. If you want to go Yarncrook, Goodrow. And, and someone else on that third line, then you would probably move someone down. You know what? I guess I guess answering that question from before, uh, from Grant, that would be great. That's, that's what they should do. I know Phil said big game hunting. No, smaller game hunting. I got the big games. I I'm not saying they're going to, but I would not be shocked in the slightest bit if they made a big, big move. Well, if they got if, – if they can get a center – like, let's say Cal Yarncrook, like we're saying right now. If Cal Yarncrook could come to the Rangers, go on the third line, and do a Yanni Gorn impression, and 
Barkley Goudreau is going to do the Barkley Goudreau. And then you just got to ask Alexei Lafreniere, can you, can you play to, to his potential? Really, to his potential. Yeah, I mean, if he can play like he's played in the last few games going forward for the Rangers on that top line, he's going to just start to get better and better with the experience every night. But he's got to yeah. be thrown on power play one. He's got to be. It's, it's, I, it's, I, I agree with that 100%. It, and not, I, I like Ryan Strom. But you gotta move Ryan Strom down the power play too, and you gotta have Artemi Panarin and and him playing with another solid winger because Capo Caco, if he can't be that guy, then you gotta move him for somebody who can. And I agree with what Mike says. If 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 Goudreau isn't on the third line, we got some huge problems. But I got a hand at yeah. the Barkley Goudreau. He has gone from first line to third line, second line to fourth line, and he's done it within games and done good. Yeah, and yeah, I'll I will I I will definitely agree with that. I wish he was paid about one million less against the cap, but I mean he's been solid. He's been solid. Uh, and Chris, yes, as a Met fan, I have seen the Braves do that all too often. They're like, oh yeah, we'll take that guy. He's he's got talent. He's having a a decent year, and the next thing you know, he's hitting three home runs in a game. Pick a guy, any guy. They've done it to the they've done it to the Mets for the last twenty five years. <laughs> John, that is exactly the way I feel every time I see Glenn Anderson. Yeah, um, I I I don't like. I'm not a big Glenn Anderson fan. Yeah, and and, and the the big problem with that is is that they traded out one of my favorite Rangers as a kid for him, and Glenn yep. Anderson did nothing. And the to worst me- part about Glenn Anderson was is that that Messier and Graves top line got better when Kovalov was moved on to it, like they yep. did in the Jersey series. Uh, like we were just saying, Grant Lafreniere. It's Lafreniere. It's Lafreniere. If it's, it's- not Lafreniere, then you got to move. Then, then Kako could be in there, but uh, but it was Lafreniere. It's Lafreniere. They got to put him there. I mean, Barkley Goodrow's got 10 goals and 20 points. Steve and I agree games. 100% with that comment. And he is – he's on pace to shatter his career high from 2020 of 26 points. He's already had, he's already had his first double-digit goal season – He's been great on the penalty kill for them. Uh, I mean, his his defensive play has gotten much better, especially as of recently. Oh, by the way, I I, I, I just groaned for this because we do have a segment we're trying to get on here, which is Anthony Garocco's um, uh, bet recommendations. And tonight, Anthony's got this. Uh, I'm just going to put it on there. I, I, should, I, I need to get an intro for this, what Anthony recommends. If you're doing a three-team parlay, go with the Red Wings, the Kraken, and the Oilers. I'm going to be locking those in in a moment. And if hopefully Anthony wins enough money for all of us and we can just sit here and talk about hockey for the rest of our lives. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Johnny said... Uh, his nephew is a flight attendant and spoke to a guy in his flight who works for the Rangers and told him they are going after Pavelski. I'm not surprised by that, Johnny. I'm not surprised one bit. It, it, it makes sense. Um, and by big game hunting, that's a big game move too. So, 
Uh, again, I, I, that's why I was joking around. I, I, well, I was half joking, I should say, over the All-Star weekend. I was saying manifesting Joe Pavelski to the Rangers. But you were there. I mean, and that'll be many, many things. I know, by the way, if Anthony did do the bet recommendations, I would definitely be throwing down the money for him. Money, 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 money. Money. <laughs> yeah, it just, it's it's a, uh, it's interesting to say the least. Yeah. Um, Pavelski is, would, would do a lot of things. I don't know if Pavelski is as a defensive center, but if you ask, if you ask him to be a He's 3C. He's a good defensive player. All right, then good. Then you ask him to be to 3C. I mean, that's just a, so much more. And then it enables it'll it'll enable um assuming Lafreniere is still down there. It enables Lafreniere to do more playmaking and just try to find the open guy instead of just ideally what would work for what would work for this team looks like Lafreniere playing with Zabanajad and Kreider, and then you put Pavelski with Strom and Panarin. And you just you have two guys that can absolutely snipe the lights out in Pavelski and Panarin, who are both excellent playmakers as well. And then you have an excellent playmaker. Pavelski could win a lot of the board battles, and he could be the guy in front for a lot of plays. And that would just I would love to see Joe Pavelski as the Ranger. Um, he wears my favorite number, even though Ryan Strom has that number right now. But hmm. sixteen is. Uh, Favorite number because of Pat LaFontaine, but yeah, um, incredible, incredible. Um, I got to share this picture because right now in my living room, I have sharing. Hold on. Uh, right now in my living room, I got my uh, roommate's two-year-old daughter eating some sushi and watching. Big Apple Hockey, although that's the that's an old episode. That's that's not a current the current one. She's all she she loves to watch it though sometimes. So then again, she also used to watch Bubble Guppies. So I, I guess I'm somewhat better than that. <laughs> oh yeah, or how about that NHL All Star jersey with uh, theme on the back. Mark got one as well. Yeah, so. yeah. Thank you very much to uh, Dana Core and Dana Alex. Core and Alex, Parker. Alex's last name, pa- Alex Parker. Parker. All right. Yeah, they were great. They were fantastic. Yeah. Thank you thank also, you. especially Dave Ortiz, uh, who made all that possible. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, Dana and Alex, if you guys are watching, uh, again, thank you very much. You guys made everything so easy uh, this weekend. And it was just, it was an awesome time. Wish it could have stayed longer, but I mean, it's a weekend. For a reason, so, but yeah. And here's, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> no, if, if, Mar- if Mark had to put it in, then yeah, Mark probably would have misspelled it. No, 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 definitely not. I think I know Williams is pretty easy to, to make sure we know how to spell, but um, you know, it's yeah. It's it, it was just so hellacious to try to get there. I wish there was just more time because uh, I, I went. Like I said, twenty hours of layovers 
I don't think it would have taken Stephen that long to get here from uh, from Ireland. <laughs> um, so, you know, the, the way I felt the entire time was like this. It, it wasn't, I didn't feel like this. I felt a lot like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> Stephen's just lighting you up today. <laughs> 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 oh, uh, see, it wasn't. It, it, it was. Yeah, it was. See, Justin, wait, wait, Stephen, Stephen, Stephen. You mean to tell me that Jonathan is not spelled J U S T I N? I. You know what the great part is about making mistakes and making a lot of mistakes that, uh, it's just you. You, you just kind of just roll. Oh, with it's it. it's comedy material. It's just. Oh crazy. yeah. Um, I'm with you on this, Jack. Drew would be great because, again, center, wing, wins face-offs, highly talented, would fit Good in defensively. Great. Good defensively, too. Um, can, can kill penalties, even though he's not really that type of guy. But um, but there's no chance. Obviously. There's no chance the Flyers want to help the Rangers. No. It's just no. The, the Rangers would have to overpay out the wazoo to get that to happen and just, yeah. Um, Jack is also hearing Mason Appleton's name. We know you love Mason Appleton, even though I don't think Mason Appleton would really move the needle. He's he's just good for the fourth line. That's all you want him to be. Uh, I, I don't really know. Or third. Not Maybe. third. Yeah. Definitely not yeah. a third line guy. He's got 12 points and five goals in, 50, in 32 games. I just... <sighs> yeah, he's a good player for a bottom six option, more than more than likely a fourth liner. But a fourth liner, I mean, could they use to improve uh, use a fourth line improvement? Yeah. So I'm gonna make sure I lock in those Anthony bets once again. Red Johnny. Wings. It was uh his his Red Wing bets were uh Red Wings Kraken Oilers parlay. Johnny, what do we think it'll cost to get Pavelski? I'm going to say a first-round pick and a prospect. Um, the level of prospect, I'm not sure on. Uh, I don't think a, a blue-chip prospect on top of a first-rounder, but definitely first-round pick and a prospect. I know a lot of people are going to be like, first-rounder for a 38-year-old? That sounds a little ridiculous. Well, somebody's going to pay it. I'll tell you that right now. Do you ever have a name for uh, the people that, like, when you do that voice? Like, oh, first round for a 38-year-old? That would be ridiculous. Um, I don't know. Maybe a Howard? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that does sound like a Howard. Or an Elliot or something like that. Yeah. Someone no. Yeah. I, I sound like Pidge from Voltron. Yeah. <laughs> It's like a combination of like that and like Snar from Thundercats almost. <laughs> sneer, 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 yeah. sneer. Oh, Lionel. <laughs> <laughs> um, Grant, is Kravtsov getting traded at the deadline? It's possible. I, I, I could definitely see him being in play. Dan, Hayek and Nemeth have to go somewhere else. Yes, they do. And you know where they can go, right? It's 
it's a three-letter planet. It's very hot. <laughs> Comes uh, around during the day. You can see it. The sun. I added one pitch that, to that. You know what, I, when I just said that, son, remember um, Harry Carey, Saturday Night Live, so everybody Jeopardy? Hot yeah. dogs should be like a currency. <laughs> My favorite planet is the sun. <laughs> Hot dogs. <laughs> oh, God. All right. I... Uh, I I took Anthony's parlay. Let's hope that works. I actually added in. Uh, did I add in the under in the Dallas Nashville game? I think I just did. So watch that be the one that screws it all up for me because that's what happened uh, the other day. I had I had a five team parlay. Should have won eight hundred bucks, but Tampa went to overtime and uh, versus Detroit. Everybody always remember their bad beats. Goes with my bad relationships. So <laughs> I played a little uh, online poker yesterday, and the sun is a star. <laughs> yes, the sun is a star, but he's Dylan is far too young to understand what we're talking about. Yes, he's he is far too young for that. I don't. I, if you, I don't. He wasn't even alive when that skit was going on Saturday Night Live. Parts unknown for Nemeth and Hijack. <laughs> hijack, I like it. Um, it's sort of like it, it's it's almost like the the Neil Young thing where he's like, "Oh, it's either you could have me or the other option. I will take the other option." It's sort of like that with Patrick Nemeth and and Lieber Hayek. It's I'll just take any other option. hey, we could have Lieber Hayek or I'd rather have a cone, literally yeah. a cone. At least the cone is not going to turn the puck over. Yeah, I'd rather have I would rather have Ilya Kovalchuk playing defense than Weber Hayek, and he was. I'll, a I'll take Sergey Fedorov playing defense over them. Yeah, well, Sergey Fedorov was actually good though. Sergey Fedorov actually did play pretty good on defense. Yeah, I mean Sergey Fedorov. Oh, oh, by the way, Philip, we forgot to wish Patrick Demeth a happy birthday. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on. I, I, I got to find it. I got to find it. Yesterday, it. I think. Or you got it for yours? No, no. Yeah, I, I got I got to find it. Where is it? I know it's in here. Yeah. Steven, you got that 100% right. At least a cone doesn't shove someone into Sistorkin. Say, I just pronounced it your way. Actually, it's just Sistorkin. Sistorkin. Chris T is trading Rick Nash to the Bruins, a top seven trade in Rangers history. Yes. The trades for Messier and Gartner are, are definitely uh, the Ryan McDonough trade. It's. Yeah, definitely, because the Rangers have a lot of bad ones, including Rick Middleton for Ken Hodge, Sergei Zubov, and Peter Nedved for Luke Robitaille and Samuelson. Probably the Zibanejad trade as well as another top five best trade. I mean, six weeks of Rick Nash for Lindgren, Spooner first, and Bolesky for seventh. Um, and Spooner, Spooner turned into 
Ryan Strong. Strong. And then the first round pick turned into Keandre Miller. And it looks like Lingren's going to be the Bookaboom. Well, I don't think it looks like anymore. The Bookaboom to the leech. Yeah. And and not only in Lingren, just yeah. Because that's just, yeah. That's and, yeah. They got a and lot then, of that. And, that, and you know what? If they turn Keandre Miller into something else, then that looks even better. Which, again, by the way, just to plug trade trees from uh, Steve Dangle, always great. Oh, here's Anthony. Best Islanders trade. Reinhardt to the Oilers for a first and a second round pick that ended up becoming Barzal and Beauvillier. Yeah. Yep. I would have to say that. Yep. I agree with you, Stephen, that they did trade a second round pick to move up in that draft, but it was still the pick. From it, it was still the pick that, yeah. So, I, And I'm still that, hoping Nils... Nils is going to be a ranger, but uh, it looks like it looks like they might not need him. So in that case, get yeah, Alex Perkot. <laughs> Braden Braden Schneider just oh man, I, I I could never expected him to come along this well and play this well this soon. Like he looked great. He looked better than Lindgren on that first pairing. Mind you, Lindgren had been playing some wonky defense for the last few weeks, but is um is that a fair uh, comparison? I think Lindgren's, Lindgren's a better st- skater than Sauer. Um, but I mean, Sauer's more physical. Sauer, uh, I don't, I don't necessarily say that they're more physical. I think they're equally as physical. The two of them. Sauer, Sauer wasn't somebody who would line guys up like Lindgren has, but. He would knock you right on your uh, your rear end. But by the way, but it goes back to the the saying. As I kind of agree a little bit with what Dan's saying right here. But the when people were complaining about their development, they're not getting ice time. You can't develop with ice without ice. Yeah, and, and that's that's a thing. Like you, you continue, and I I'll be honest, Lafreniere hasn't played great all year. Like he's I, been I, up and down. And you know what, Jack? I don't disagree with this. I, I, I don't disagree with it. I think Schneider, to me, with those games where he was playing with Lindgren on that first pairing, he looked a lot better than than uh, Ryan Lindgren did. I, I just – I think that he's I, – I think he's here, he's ready, and I don't think they're going to move him unless somebody elite comes along. You guys, you guys are killing me with this. I need to make uh, a video just of me in the Hawkeye from the Avengers saying, don't do that. Don't give me hope. Because I like Kako. I think he's pretty good. And I like Nils Longquist. But Chris T, now you got me thinking about the possibility of Kyle Connor being on this Kyle team. Kyle Connor is not going anywhere. Stop. No, but just I don't want to think about it. All right. Um... I think if Davidson was still, you know what? I think Davidson probably would have made this team tougher. I don't think it would have been the same route Drury did. Yeah, and and the reason why I say that Davidson would have made the team tougher is because Davidson wanted Schneider. He wanted him bad. Like you've seen the video of how excited he was when they made the trade to to move up to get yep. Schneider. And he even like, said, "Go get he, uh, go get Braden Schneider. Those are the guys that'll win you a Stanley Cup." <laughs> 
the one thing I will say is that the Sammy Blade Butchnevich trade doesn't happen if Davidson's there. And that's that's one thing I can tell you right now. They they were high on Butchnevich. And they probably would have found a way to squeeze him in. But see, I had to look this up because I needed to see it again because I've been quoting it for a while. But in 98 career games as a New York Ranger, Michael Sauer was a plus 28. And he was doing that on a developing team. Granted, yeah, Henrik Lundqvist. You got to remember, um, Michael Sauer in 2011 was a top four defenseman for them. Yeah. Because, because the, the, the top two pairings ended up being um, Stalin Girardi and then McDonough and Sauer was the second pairing. And then because Roosevelt, you got to remember, was moved for Wojtek Volsky. By the way, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that they even got him this low on this list. Michael Sauer was 17th in uh, call the trophy voting. The fact that he even got any, they even got any votes to get him on there was amazing. Jeff Skinner, of course, won that year and now is uh, locked into being a Buffalo Saber for quite a while. And is one um, of the worst contracts in the league. You know, we talked about, I think we talked about this at one point about players that they're, um, uh, players that won an award and they just had it at the right time and players that never won an award and so they never finished as that. But Shea Weber's never going to win an Norris Trophy. And I'm, I'm looking at 20. He should right have now. won in 2012 and in 2013. The yeah. fact that P.K. Subban won over him in 2013 was a joke because P.K. Subban was never a good defensive defenseman at all. And yeah, I know he had a big year points wise, but he was horrible defensively, especially in 2013. Horrible defensively. The Canadian media gave him that award. That's what happened. I still can't believe that Henrik Lundqvist finished third in uh hard trophy voting in 2013. That's uh, 2012, I mean. He should have finished second. If not first. I mean, I'll and, still uh, give it to Malkin. Yeah, I, but... I get Malkin winning it. I understand that, but he, he definitely and he should have won the goal. He should have won the 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 Vezina again in 2013. Now, this is something that I did not know. I know Dan Girardi finished sixth in 2012 in uh, Norris Trophy voting. Yes. But I did not know McDonough at eleven and, and Delzato got votes. 12. Yeah. They, they got votes, yeah, that year, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, Henrik Lundqvist, sub two goals against average. Um, Chris Morehouse, yeah, head of scouting now. Yeah, uh, I, I, I like Morehouse. I like Morehouse. And Morehouse's his, his, his scouting has been good. I just, I think that, um, like I said, the player development before, I think those guys need to be changed up. And it's not. Blood will always get you more recognition in New York. So effort. Being tough and bleeding and stuff like that. Yeah. Like Girardi was not a good defenseman. Like, but, uh, but Jed Ortmeier, just because his name was in there, but every fan loved Jed Ortmeier. 
because he blocked shots, he threw hits, but he, again, wasn't really a good NHL player. Mm -hmm. Like he was a fringe NHL player when it came down to it. He didn't really have any offensive talent. He couldn't drive play. I mean. But he was, he was a guy that you just put on the wing or wherever and. Yeah, and because he he was and he played him with somebody better, and he was a gritty player. Yeah, yeah, Gene, we we mentioned that before. So, yeah. All right, we're gonna go another five more minutes. Yeah, and then we'll we'll be out of here. So yeah, but uh, yeah, you got anything going on today? What's up? You got anything going on tonight? I have a hockey game later. Yeah, I'm so I'm. I might get myself in trouble for admitting it. I'm supposed to have one. I, I, I was supposed to be in Vegas originally for this trip. Uh, so I already said, no, I never changed it. So I'm not going to bother changing it right now. But, uh, yeah. Also, you know I got so much work I got to get done. Oh, um, we were talking about it before about uh, Dubois, Pierre Luc Dubois' father, being in um in management for the Winnipeg Jets. I believe John Sherholtz had to trade his son for the Atlanta Braves. Imagine that—you got to trade your kid. <laughs> these the they all look great this is they 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 probably had adults make these and not um and the stitching looks phenomenal like and the yeah, nameplate also it's, great it's adidas and it's not fanatics so yeah Yeah, the the Kings traded for Leas and his dad, the scout. Rangers drafted uh, Simon Gelberg, who is Patrick, his father's a scout. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Stephen, it happens all the time, honestly. I, I think it happens a lot more with other teams. You just don't see it as much. And I, I, mean, I don't I, see it as much either because of the fact we just don't have inside information on those other teams, you know. And also, I, I also have the the belief of if, like in the case of Keeper Bellows, your father was a professional athlete. You've seen him act uh, and teach you basically how to be in an organization, how to do all this stuff. And by the way, hockey is one of the best sports of that because for most part, these guys are either representing a college, um, a prep school, or a junior program long before they're drafted. Well, maybe not the college. Maybe it's after they're drafted. Um, but they know what it's like to represent an organization. Other sports don't really have that. Yeah. I mean, foot, football a little bit with the college. And it's but a lot they, they, they get the, the problem with football is, is that they get special treatment, those guys. Yeah. They, a lot of those guys aren't going to classes aren't doing it. Some, I'm not saying all of them, but there's a lot of them that they don't have to get, they go to classes and they get, they get A's or B's or whatever. And they just, they get a degree. 
Like, I mean, you've seen it. So it's, yeah. But, yeah, there's a lot of them. Matter of fact, um, as Gene's bringing this up, Scott Niedermeyer now with the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, just got hired. Yep. Well, some of them do. Some of them end up doing a great job. They go back to their organization. Look at Joe Sackick. Um, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Um, Daddy plays for the Rangers. Mika's advantage, Ed. Yep. Um, but like uh, some of them go back, like Joe Sackick, and they're the conquering hero uh, to rebuild the organization. Most of them end up being like Pat LaFontaine and um, Trevor Linden and Ron Francis that turn around and nothing really happens after that. That's why, you know what? And yeah, Pat Verbeek, new uh, GM yeah, for the Ducks. I, I like that hire, John. That I always loved the little ball of hate. Yeah, uh, he was I, – I liked him as a Ranger and then they let him go. Well, free agency. I know he, he, he went. I know the, the, that was one guy that I thought they should have re-signed. Shane Doan is the most games played for a guy that played for one organization his entire career. Does he have more than Iserman? That's a great question. Or Gordon. Gordy Howe played for the Hartford Whalers. Yeah, for the Hartford Whalers, so he doesn't count. Yes. I think, I, I think Steve Eiserman has the right. He's 14-14 for Eiserman. Shane Doan had – I don't so, think Doan had that many, did he? Uh, he played a lot. Oh, yeah, 15-40. So, Eiserman, yep, Shane Doan. Shane Doan, 15-40. Uh, I did just have to check on Alex Del Vecchio real quick, but yeah, that's 15. And by the way, forever, I think that'll forever, though, there's a record that'll never be broken. Henry Glonquist, most wins by a goaltender to play for one franchise, yeah, yeah. Uh, Del Vecchio, Del Vecchio yeah. has it 1550, yeah, right. It's all for, that was all the Red Wings, right? Yep. Yeah. Um. What do you think about the Rangers' offensive? Stru- stru- oh, sorry. Offensive structure under Gallant. I I think I'm willing to give Gallant a little more of a pass because I, I think last year they had more of a complete roster offensively. They just weren't getting out of it, and so David Quinn just couldn't get anything out of Capo Caco or Alexi Lafreniere. But um, I, I think that if you had two wingers that were producing in your top six right now, I think you'd be able to judge Gerard Gallant a little more accurately. Although can you, I, judge, I, him? What's can you judge him though a little bit more accurately when he's got two players that aren't producing? This team is still winning. Yeah, but I don't know if I can – I can the defensive structures, I, I think the team wants to play more for him. I think that's a big part of it. Um, I think also having a guy like Barkley Goodrow in there, I think Ryan Reeves changed the culture in the locker room. Uh, there are a lot of games that they would have absolutely lost 
last year under Quinn and the year before that they've won this year under Gallant. And it's yeah. not just because they're stars. It, it's um, it, it's because of a lot of the things on this team. So, um, And again... Ah, oh, damn it. I think it might um, have been just Lidstrom. forwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, think a, it's just, I think it's just. I think it was just forwards. But going back to Gallant, um, like take for yeah, instance the Maple Leafs game a couple weeks ago. Fifteen sixty four Lidstrom. Lidstrom has Delvecchio. Yep. We're so busy looking at the forwards, we forgot. Oh yeah, there's a defenseman. Yeah. So for forwards, I think it's got to be Delvecchio, and then for defensemen, it's Lidstrom. But it's funny enough how the answer for both. Is from the same franchise. Almost all three. I mean, Eisenman only missed by like 20 games. I mean, if you were to count Gordy Howe without that one year in Hartford, yeah. <laughs> I thought he had two years in Hartford. Is it two years? or I think it was one year. I think it was, was two years in the NHL with Hartford. I think it was just 1980. That was his last. That might have been when they came in. Yeah, it was just the one one year with Hartford. All right, because he, like he was with the WHA for because they, they him and Gretzky were both in that All Star game in 1980. Yes, well, and that was and that was his final and one. How the hell are you not going to put Gordy Howe in a damn All Star game? And he, I, especially especially when at age uh, 50 he he scored fucking 41 points in in 51, <laughs> 41 points in 80 games. Sorry, curse. By the way, wow! Actually, I didn't did not know. Nope, never mind. There it is. 801 NHL goals. If you add on four years of the WHA, there's another 121. Sorry, it's six years of WHA. There's another 170. He has a total 174. So he's out not uh, 975, and still less than Wayne Gretzky. I know he got his thousandth goal. I believe it was against the New Jersey Devils with the New York Rangers, but I gotta double check that one. I think that was the Islanders, actually. Was it? It was. It was. It was against a team that beat him. That's all I know. Because unfortunately, that's what the nine, the late nineties Rangers were. Yeah, I. All right, but hey, guys, we're gonna we're gonna cut it off right right there because hell, we we love doing this, but we're just we're kind of spinning our wheels, and Phil's got a game later. Um, I've I of course I'm gonna try to edit our experience at the All Star Game from the Fan Fest to uh, the actual be- us being at the All Star Game. What was what was the highlight you would say for that uh, for our experience of the game? Hmm. The game itself, or the just the weekend? The weekends, I guess. Yeah, like, I I would have to say probably at the game, running into guys, just talking hockey the entire time. I, whether yeah. it was the I mean, Flyers I... fan that was saying, uh, basically, uh, Mark Andre Fleury would be Chris Osgood if not. Yeah, for that guy. Career. 
I remember, yeah, on the concession line. Yeah. The Bobby Hall, uh, Winnipeg Jets jersey. Yeah, he was cool. Um, the two Golden Knights fans, the, the girls that were talking yeah. to us. Um, uh, yeah, I I mean, the, obviously touching the cup was probably the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, meeting Patrick Sharp was awesome, but uh, kicking Mark's ass in some of the uh, – some of the this the skills, the little fanfare games were was fun too. So Steve and I, I don't think I could do that. I, I don't think I could do that at all. The first season of the NHL to, to I, now. Just I actually cool. want to do stuff like that, but we could try to we could try to figure that out. I'm still I, trying to figure out how to get some of these. Because I, I, I do that with movie actors all the time at the bar. Somebody will give me just uh an actor and an actress or uh just two actors and or two actresses and I can pretty much do it. I got all the way. The best one I ever did was for, uh, and we'll answer that one real quick before we sign off. Yeah. Uh, the best, the, the best one I ever did was somebody tried to give me ginger spice to Frank Sinatra. And I was able to go, uh, spice world to who framed Roger rabbit. Cause Bob Hoskins was in spice world to stubby K who was in there to, Guys and Dolls and Guys and Dolls was uh, was Frank Sinatra. Anyway, who um who do you want in the first round? No, who's the matchup we don't want the Rangers? Oh, you to don't want? Oh, sorry. I, see, that's why you should read everything a little bit quite slower. Um, I would probably say Carolina. I, I, I go with Carolina. Carolina is probably the one team because it just their aggressive style really would give the Rangers fits. So I, I I would quick I would rather play Florida and Tampa before I play Carolina because I, I think Tampa I don't think they could beat Tampa but I, I I think they there would be a chance that they could upset Florida because I think the Rangers would have the advantage in net. Um, Carolina is the one that's come that's that's coming to mind and it's still sticking in there. Yeah, I don't want to bet against Sidney Crosby though. I don't want to deal with him. I think they could beat them. I think I, they could beat them because, because as you saw this weekend, my glove hand was way too low. I went to the Tristan Jari school of goaltending. Uh, uh, and uh, keep your hand up here, not not down low. That's like the 80s style. You keep it low and snatch. No, that's don't do that. So that was the way I learned when I was younger. And... You know something, Stephen? I think either way, the Rangers. I this, this is a question I've been wanting to ask for a while. The Rangers window is opening now. No. But no. Yeah. But uh, I'm gonna sign off because I gotta start cooking dinner and stuff. Right. So. We gotta we gotta get going. But anyway, guys, always great talking with you, and we could do this for the next five hours because we've done it before with you. So uh, we'll see you soon, and you know. Let's let's go Rangers. Good luck to the Islanders tonight. And uh, uh let's it's gonna be a lonely week without the Rangers. Yes, Thanks, it is. Jack. Yeah. And yeah, take it easy, Steven. See take you soon. Take it easy, guys. Let's All go right, Rangers. Bye.